Hey everybody, RC Hilly Nation version 2.0. I am Dan, this is episode number 95. The boys are in the house, I believe Nick's here. Nick, are you here? Yes sir, I am. There's Nick. What, Jesse? Is Jesse with us today? I'm here, Dan. What's Jesse, up? what's going on, dude? Not much, Dan. Jesse, How are you? I'm doing great. Do you do you actually even care if Justin's here? Should we find out? Or do you care? I, I don't know. Do we care? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we do care. Apparently, Jesse up. doesn't yeah. care. I'm going to care because Justin needs some love. Justin, Justin needs some and love. We need some laughs. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. Justin, say hi, buddy. Uh, Hi. <laughs> What's up, guys? So, I'm here. I'm here for your... Uh, <laughs> listening pleasure. Well, I, you know what? I really, I, I have no idea what happened in the last week with you, but all I've been hearing for the last few days, so I'm going to go ahead and start with you, uh, Justin, because all I've been hearing from Nick every time I talk to him is, oh my God, wait until we record. <laughs> so what's been going on, dude? What's been happening this week? Oh, shit. I don't know. Maybe Nick needs to tell me, oh my God, wait until we record. <laughs> Are we talking about our experience last weekend at the Fun Fly? That would be correct. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. So it was awesome, by the way. The Fun Fly, dude, the Fun Fly was great. Nicky, Nick and Jesse came down. This was Patrick's KDE Invitational Fun Fly. Nice. Just sort of a small group, uh, really nice and relaxed. Patrick and Leslie put on a great show, had t-shirts out there for everyone. Uh, just, you know, it, it was it was a blast. It was at the Snohomish Field, my home field. So Nick and Jesse showed up, I don't know, early to mid-morning, something like that. I got there a little bit later. Spent a good portion of my time uh, working with Brett Bowen, one of our listeners, to get his Hexa camera ship set up. I've been talking about that over the last couple of episodes nothing really groundbreaking there i mean it was just a lot of getting stuff set up on his radio teaching him how things go did a couple of test flights then he took over and he did a few test flights tried a little bit of filming stuff like that <sighs> but so you know previously we talked about <laughs> dan i'm i'm just gonna keep moving man i'm just gonna keep moving dude i uh. i got your back just go ahead so, so I, you know, we had talked in the last episode that I was waiting for my parts and they came in the night before the fun fly. And I said, screw it. I'm not even going to mess with the crap. I've got a nitro. It's ready to go. I'm going to bring it to the field and, and fly. And so almost all I brought was my nitro. It was almost ready to go. Yeah, it, it, it actually was nowhere near ready to go. It turns out. Um, 
So, you know, we had, I, I talked before about the fact that I was having governor issues and it was doing this weird pulsing shit and I couldn't figure out what it was. So I get there. I take the fan shroud off. I'm looking at the sensor again. Nick, Nick's looking at the sensor. Nick's like, eh, I don't know, man, maybe, you know, the sensor could be a little bit closer or whatever. So we play with that a little bit. No luck. Uh, and then I I can't remember what keyed us off, but I, I looked did. in the. No, we you were, did. I was flying out back, and you're like, "Yeah, man, I'm just kind of stumped." And I said, "Well, okay, the first thing we need to do is go through the programming again." First oh, thing. yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I had the little programmer for the multigov up there, and it's got two settings that is like test idle and test high, right? Mm-hmm. So we check that, and it's like, hmm, why is idle at high throttle? And, hmm, why is high throttle at idle? <laughs> so it turns out, mm. and I, I to this day, I honestly don't know how this happened because the thing was flying perfectly fine. You, you saw it fly the last time, and it was flying perfectly fine. Somehow, I, I don't know what I did. I must have screwed something up in the programming, and I had switched my... my uh, servo directions that was programmed into the multi-gov so of course it couldn't freaking hold the governor because it, it had everything ass backwards anyway that was uh that was a little embarrassing but it is what it is so justin um, can i ask you a question real fast yeah dude do you find yourself explaining to your boss at work very often that, i don't know what happened man it was just ass backwards <laughs> no and I mean, see we- that that is not like me it honestly is not. Um, I am. I'm generally incredibly badass at most of what I do. Okay, as long as I'm awake. Um, apparently, I wasn't awake for this one. So anyway, thank you to Nick. He he looked at it and was like, uh, "Dude, your servo's going in the wrong direction for one." So that fixed it, and then you know went out and did a little bit of flying, and my tune's off. And Jesse and Nick are like, dude, that thing is like blubbery rich on the high side. I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't have as much power. What what do you add on the needles? And I'm like, oh, I don't know what what was it, one point five and one one point five on the high. No, you're like, like yeah, one point five on the- and one point five or something. And Jesse's yeah. like, dude, like one and a quarter and one and a quarter is like the factory break in settings. Yeah. <laughs> Not even broken like, yet. Holy crap, man. What the hell is going on with me? <laughs> so anyway, my tune was completely off. I got that working. And then so it actually starts flying pretty decently. It's like, Dude, all right, pretty cool. decent. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah, I was having fun. <laughs> put a few more flights on it. And uh, I was just tuning the high end. So I went and did a couple of things, brought it back down. Jesse and Nick were sitting there because we were basically we brought all our helis out. To the flight station and we we're flying back to back and um i pull it up into a hover after i had tuned the high needle and it's doing a little bit of a shaking and we're all kind of like eh, okay i don't you know i'm not sure what that is but um i i go out and i don't know if i did a flip or something like that and it starts shaking a lot worse and it's getting like violent shake and you you can hear Nick Nick and Jesse in the background. They're they're going, dude, throttle hold, bring it in, bring it in, <laughs> throttle hold, throttle hold, throttle. Easy, so easy. I hit throttle hold and start bringing it in. 
what turns out is that I lose a link. I think I, I think I lost a link in flight or yes. was on the verge no, of losing the link. In um, and then when I hit the ground, it, it basically flipped the blade up vertically again, like 90 degrees to the airflow. And you hear this big and um, and it was a little bit of a rough landing. One of my head grip main grip links came off. The ball actually came out of the freaking swash plate and that was completely gone. Oh, so he hit. No big I'm not deal. kidding. Like he flipped that thing over and it went kind of like this weird sound. And then me and Jesse, both of our eyes get yeah. really big. Well, and we and I we watched it. The- Go out of track, like yeah, th- three yeah. Inches you could out see the head kind of doing this little <laughs> dance, and it was like, oh shit! Yeah, you got like, it. Whoa, you got did it, you just you see the blades there? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. So, but it was cool because he actually got it down and landed it. That there's a good testament to actual fly barless blades why they're awesome. He got it down perfectly flat and level with really one blade in control. And then when I got down, the blade kind of like popped up and luffed and sucked all the energy out of the head. And that was the end of that. No big deal. I go and replace the. So wait a minute. Did did the ball like get pulled out of the threads or did you know? The first couple of threads. No, it was Loctited. I think it actually had begun to back out for whatever reason. Maybe because I was running it so freaking rich before it was vibrating itself out. But it did tear like the last couple of threads out of the metal in the swash plate. Oh, okay. Go back to the bench, fix that. No big deal. Um, we go back out, all the three of us with each of our helis, ready to put in the next flight. And, you know, just make sure it's tuned up because, dude, this is at like nine o'clock. It's still light, but I'm I'm like I'm psyched about going and flying under the, the construction lights again like we did at our fun fly. So I wanted to put in another flight just to make sure, do a couple of tuning things. And I put it down and I start giving it some throttle. And it's like, (laughs) wait a minute. The tail blades just spun around and hit a piece of grass and stopped. What's wrong with this picture? What the hell is going on here? Well, (laughs) I stripped the freaking uh, torque tube gears. Dude. The funniest part is that he made it all the way out there, and it's like spooling up, and the tail blades are just yeah. Because it was like there was one section of the the bevel gear that had really hope he doesn't take off. It's teeth ripped off, off. (laughs) and and when I had moved everything around on the bench just to check that it was all still working, it was engaged in the good portion of the teeth. But you know, I started to spool up and it moves into this area where there's like no teeth even there anymore. They're just completely non-existent and it doesn't spin. So, yeah, that and then that was the end. That that was my fun fly. I could have fixed it and uh, gone and flown under the construction lights because I had the parts. But at that point, I was ready to drink. You mean you had no idea what was wrong next? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> But uh, but you that, decided to get your drink on instead, huh? Did you have fun with that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Sweet. I had a couple of beers. It was no big deal. Oh, come on. Um, but yeah, that that was my weekend last weekend. It pretty much sucked. <laughs> but I think we'll find out in the next couple of minutes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it away that some of my bad luck has infected others. Oh, that's that's all I'm gonna say. 
So the rest of this week basically just got the Nitro back up to speed, playing around a little bit with the Multigov. It actually does work this time. You know, uh, one of my, our friends, actually, Sam Brendel, in fact, for Nick and I, I think probably one of our original inspirations for 3D flying, he was at the Fun Fly. Uh, he's been in and out of the hobby lately just because of time and work and school and stuff. But uh, he's a big multi-gov guy, and uh, he learned that I was using it on the Nitro and said that he had some tips for advanced tuning. And so he sent me an email with some of those settings for feed forward and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm playing around with those. And so right. far, it looks looks pretty darn good, man. Sweet. The multi-gov never ceases to amaze me once you tell it what direction the throttle uh, is supposed to go. <laughs> that was crazy. It, I, yeah, I mean, something go that figure. simple, right? Did not see that coming. <laughs> I did not either. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you get, I still did haven't you get, gotten my uh, Helibug alternator. I've gotten like a half dozen emails from people so far. Hang in there, guys. I'm going to get back in contact with Carrie and uh, Allie at Helibug and figure out what the situation is. But we will get that on my gasser and get that review going. Did you get the gasser fixed after you got back? Yeah, the gasser's all ready to go. I had, oh, you know, sweet. I got the parts on Friday, last Friday. And so I've just been slowly picking away at it over the week. Nice. Yeah. So I've got family in town right now, so I won't be able to get as much flying in this weekend as I'd like, but I will be flying. I believe that's number 76 in the Rolodex, isn't it? Yeah. Family. Is it? Family in town. I, I just, family in town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Justin. We love you, Justin. We really do. Yeah, you know what though, dude? It's it's been it's been one of those I don't know, like seasons. I'm just I haven't been feeling the fun factor. I've been really down about the whole freaking thing. It's like either I'm testing something and the testing doesn't work out and it falls out of the sky, or I do something stupid because I'm probably frustrated and burned out from testing uh-huh. and it just I don't know. So I need to uh I need to mix it up a little bit here and try to find a way to get back to that just having fun aspect of the hobby. And Spend I, large I, amounts of money. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> you got it, man. That's exactly what we're gonna do here. Very quickly. So yep. uh moving along then, let's hear what Jesse's been up to, dude. What have you been up to? Oh, do I have to go? Yes. I'm gonna throw. I'm throwing a wrench in the works. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm doing a different order this time. That's right. Yeah, I noticed that. We're mixing. Well, it, we're mixing it up. Keeping people on their toes. That's what we're doing. As Justin was saying, he uh, he may have managed to pass off some of that bad luck to another member, and I have. A and it wasn't that, me. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was hinting at me. I think I got the hint. No, uh, it's How true. Was your fun fly, Jesse? <laughs> well. Luckily, I have that little warp, so it couldn't hold me down. But I do have a couple, a uh, couple bad stories. So the morning started off like Justin was saying. Are I you got about there. to give me good news? Um, I don't think it's gonna. Well, it no, not that it kind of good fly, news. But it, it wasn't like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that you're gonna be particularly thrilled with this. All right, news. all right. So, like Justin was saying, we got there ten thirty in the morning. Uh, immediately charged up some packs and went out and grabbed my heli and went out and flew. 
second flight of the day on the 7HV, walk out there, set the heli down, start spooling the heli up. Right when I'm about ready to flip into idle up one, it's still a little bit early in the morning and I accidentally hit throttle hold. And at this point, I kind of get, I guess, confused or whatnot. I'm like, why is the heli spooling down? So I flip back out of throttle hold and then I hear this clicking noise and then nothing. Doesn't spool up, doesn't respond. The BEC is still powering because um, I'm running a Contronic Heli Jive 120 in there, but no motor power. So I'm like, crap. So apparently, I have discovered the secret switch configuration <laughs> that will make a Contronic <laughs> fail. Self destruct mode. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I activated it. <laughs> Unwillingly. I did, you know, obviously. Dude. And so. I killed it. I mean, it is, there is no motor, power, nothing. It's on its way back in a box to Germany as we speak. And to top, so just to top off this whole, I mean, this is just one of the stories from the fun fly. So just to top this one off, that, okay, so Contronic offers a one-year warranty on their speed controllers. You'll never guess how long I've had this speed controller for. (laughs) <laughs> one year one, one day one year and four days oh dude yeah so it's uh it's on its way back to contronic gonna get it updated to the new v13 while it's there and just hopefully they can get it you know fix this one and i don't have to buy another one Jeez, so i can't i can't afford to sell like a kidney at this point in time <laughs> dude i was meaning to ask you are you what motor are you running or were you running on that the Scorpion 4525 520LE. I, ha- I And were you running mode 4 or were you mo- running the KSA, the Contronic Special Applications mode? Uh, mode 4 with K- KSA is an additional. That's mode there. That's net mode 9, but you apply that. So, after you, yeah, you, you had, but yeah. you had KSA on there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, yep. good. So okay. I had mode 4, KSA, and the auto bailout. And activated. the auto bailout. Yep. Hmm. Sweet. Yes, so that well, one. Then it wasn't that. It was not that. So, like, yeah, hopefully they can they can fix it. Reminds hopefully. me of like the old Nintendos when you were a kid. You know, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, <laughs> DA, start, bang. <laughs> <laughs> you now have unlimited men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a dead Contronic. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was down. The seven HV was down for the day. We tried. You know, oh, maybe it was the motor. Maybe it was this. Nah. End of the day, it's a speed controller. So that's what got sent back. Ew. So later on, as I'm sure most of the listeners know, I'm still having troubles with this nitro. It is just, I haven't really been bringing it up, but just mostly because, you know, when you have that one heli that you can go to, it just it kind of it doesn't really matter if your other heli's not flying so great. I would you agree with that. Kind of mess around with it. You work on it when you want to. You're not real. Just not in a big hurry to get the thing running. Right. Well, when the 7HV went down, now all of a sudden that kind of became a priority. <laughs> <laughs> so we were in the process of swapping out the one-way hub. Nick has his heli, and he's like, why don't you just you know throw the one-way hub in there? We'll just check that, rule that out, because I'm having some tail issues and stuff. So I'm you know pull the main shaft out, throw the one-way hub in there, reassemble the whole heli, walk out there to go to spool it up, and it gets just above idle where the clutch is fully engaged, um, starting to spin pretty good, and it just stops. There's no more, no longer any power being transferred to the head. And oh. the, I see clutch dust 
coming out <laughs> everywhere. Oh no. <laughs> so, I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, what is, I just put a new liner. This is two flights on this liner. I just put a new ring in this motor. I mean, I'm just, what is going on here? Well, when I reassembled it, I somehow forgot to put the screws back in the gov sensor. So the gov sensor was just hanging down there and got caught in the main gear and sucked into the <laughs> pinion. <laughs> and, just <laughs> <locked>. <laughs> and just locked the whole drivetrain right up. See, I so. don't feel as bad because he pulled a similar uh, a similar move that I Dude, did there. These two were like, it was like a yeah. train wreck. Jeez. Yeah, so... That hell, I'm, you know, I get back to the bench and I'm just like, I'm done. I'm like, I am not. I don't even want to look at this heli. Does someone want to buy it or something? <laughs> I'll give this <laughs> goddamn like, thing away. Yeah, I'm like, this is this is it. I wonder if it's just like, I wonder if it's Sasson saying, you know what, Nick is my true owner. Um, Ooh. it just needs to go back to him. Yeah, I, I probably, belong to Nick. Yeah. Let me let me uh, crash it first, real good, and then fit it in a nice little <laughs> fit it in a really little even, box. Even if I it's can't get it right, or Jesse to give it back to him in the same condition that he gave it to you. <laughs> you yeah, know the worst part though, he can't even get it flying enough to bring it oh, up. I'll just yeah, you're gonna, gonna have to throw it on the roof. roof. I'll just throw it off the yep. roof or something, and then shoot it with Sloss a gun it off the roof. <laughs> just get driving down the highway at seventy five and just throw it out your window. Yeah, I think it's a kite. Have a rope tied to it. <laughs> so with all those heli troubles not a whole lot of uh flying was going on at the fun fly last weekend probably actually the least i've ever flown at any fun fly since i've been in the hobby i did get a couple flights in on the warp so that thing was ripping around so luckily i didn't not all my helis were down but the main ones were and that, that brings sucks, me dude. to this that brings me to this week and now it's kind of we're, we're trying to you know dig our way out of wow. this hole or I'm trying to dig my way out of my hole. Not, you know, he's not dragging these guys in. So I have this backup, old school, power jazz, 120 ESC. I'm like, this is gonna be perfect, you know. The uh, heli jives down. I'll just, you know, throw this on there. So I've spent the last couple nights this week uh, doing a little bench testing on that speed controller, just making sure everything is good to go, and got that all installed last night and powered up. And everything seemed good to go. And went out today and got 10 flights in on the 7HV. A little bit of redemption there. A little bit. So life is good once again. Got the heli back in the air. And the, it was stars, the stars have realigned. Who'd you pass it to, man? I, I'm not. I oh, he's not out of the blue yet. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, no, no. <laughs> he's That's he's still got a little bit of suffering left to do before he yeah. can pass it on. So, dude, it sounds like you got a little bit of redemption off of some bad luck, but you still got to figure out your nitro. I wish you the best of luck with that because I think my nitro troubles in the past. But before we move on to what I've been doing, let's find out what Nick's been up to. What's going on, dude? You know what, Dan? I can sum up all of my my bad issues this week. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> there it was. <laughs> that must be zero (laughs) that would be zero i had a great week i think he's throwing it in your face guys dude nick nick actually showed up to the fun fly with three working helis and left the fun fly with three working helis oh wow! and and their working status didn't change in between that like they worked the whole time no that's not true 
I showed up with three flying helis. I left with three better flying helis. That's okay, how awesome there you it go. Was. Ooh, he's yeah. really yeah. throwing it in your face now. Dude, I told you I was I put my time in uh, that all those late nights and I was like, dang it, I am busting through this this crud and uh I'm dude, I'm stoked. Yeah, we went down there. I flew. I I I was just kind of tweaking and tuning on everything. I you know, I had put that FunTech pipe on which uh sounds hideous <laughs> weird yeah it is it is a weird uh, sounding pipe and i don't know if it's just part of it's just the straight cut gearing on on the whiplash nitro i'm, I'm still kind of getting used to that sound um so it's kind of hard to discern between the two but it's just got a very non-hatori sound dude it pulls like a freight train uh and this is the one tech the 120 fun tech but you know, so I was messing around that and the V bar, uh, V bar govs a new whole new weird experience um, for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a pain. Uh, don't let anyone tell you it's not a pain because it's a pain. Um, but no, man, I went down there, had a blast. I mean, just flew, flew, had some more fun, kind of tweaking, messing around. Tried to keep these two guys up out of the gutters, <laughs> and. You know, <laughs> try not rub it in their face. I was trying to be polite, sacrificing my heli to Jesse so he could <laughs> rob parts off of it. But it was a good, uh, I was a really good fun fly. Sweet. Uh, at, at night, man. I even, this was how excited I was to have all my stuff up and flying. They fire the lights up and we're all sitting there and we do, we just kind of started packing up some of the stuff. And I just sat there and I looked at Jesse, said, you know what, dude? I'm going to take the Giner way out on this one and I'm not going to fly at night because I know me and I know that if I fly at night under lights, I'm going to crash. Like I'm so easily, I can be egged on very easy. And I knew that that was going to happen. And I opted to go for, you know, keep all helis in the air. So I passed it up and I am so glad that I did. Because we got to see the single most spectacular oh, midair crash I have dude. ever seen in my life. I saw Amazing. the video. I saw the video. Oh, yep. Angry Timmy and Waylon hit tail first in a hurricane, but they were going opposite hurricanes. It shook the world. <laughs> but see, here here's the thing, though. Jesse Jesse oh, made right. this happen. He did. <laughs> Jesse willed this to happen, Dan. How so? Explain that. We, so we had been there, right, uh, for, for since 10, 30, 11. It's like, what was it at that point? It was Nick, one. Like 1 o'clock or one thirty yep. in the morning. And we go over, the three of us go over to the group of guys, Patrick and Leslie and, you know, Chris McVeigh and a bunch of our other friends just to say goodnight and thanks for having the having us out. And so these two go up and fly and Jesse says, what did Jesse says something along the lines of, oh, OK, well, I'm I'm going to stay for this one. No, he said I, we can stay for one more crash. Yeah, that's what we he knew. Said. Yeah, those two like they if they go up and fly together, it, there's going to be a crash. It's like one a, of them at least crashes. Yep. Yep. And he was just straight faced. Oh, we can stay for one more crash. And people <laughs> kind of laughed it off like, yeah, yeah, OK, yep. we'll we'll check it out amazing i've never seen uh an align uh you know the little kind of triangular house-shaped elevator arm 
that goes up to the swash, that whole entire thing, and that's a sturdy, I mean, that's a sturdy chunk, mm-hmm. was yeah. bent over like 80 degrees to the right. Yeah, it was twisted. Tremendous carnage. Awesome. Yuck. And Timmy got away with what I would consider murder because the heli didn't take much of a of a, a hit. Wayland's, uh-huh. on the other hand, was reduced to like a, a smoking pile of rubble. <laughs> and there was I, th- it, I think Timmy lost blew. all his servos, though. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you're right. He stripped out all his gears. But yeah. Wayland's tail boom was literally like cut off by Timmy's yeah. main blades <laughs> and was found 40 or 50 feet away from Wayland's airframe. Oh, so horrible. So if you guys didn't get to see that, uh, check out our Facebook page. I posted it up there because I- incredible. Um, yeah, and I had... I've kind of taken a little bit of a, a different approach. I, I figured out what it took for Nick to get through this funk. And a lot of that is I like to tweak and tune and mess around. And I kind of like to do it on my own terms. Um, so before everyone starts wondering and went, hmm, V-Bar, I have stepped down from the Skookum team. N- absolutely no reason other than I just want the freedom to tinker. Um, I'm still leaving Skookums on some of my helis. I've got a, I got a V bar on one. I've got an Icon on the other. I've got a CGY 750 coming. This is like Nick being able to roll around in a little bin of balls and go wee. I just like to do this kind of stuff. You like to roll around in balls, don't you, Nick? Oh, dude, I knew that <laughs> came out wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when those balls smack him up against the chin. He loves guns. Oh, seriously, jeez. But no, this is this is me. This is what I like to do. I'm going right by that, dude. Right by that. Uh, we'll figure a way to drag you back into it, so don't nope. worry. Nope. No, not at all. But, you know, the guys at Skookum are just absolutely awesome. I, I still really enjoy um, flying the stuff. It's just, you know, I'm a kind of a, a straight-up kind of guy, so it's like if I'm going to be on a team not going to be doing anything back behind so this just just makes the most sense for me personally um i feel that it makes the most sense for for my role here on rc heli nation it's not always all about you know the discount or the team or whatever it's just about having the most fun for me and being a knowledge sponge so that and on that other note i got um i got a couple emails and uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, we got some, you know, we got this cleared up because uh, there was a little bit of confusion. Some people have heard me mention uh, my DFC is a backup heli, uh, and then they're like, "Well, you know, what about the whole Minair thing?" So, just so everybody understands, uh, the deal with me and Justin and Minair, Justin and I actually have um, a company called Novel Innovations. That is a like design and consultation company. We're basically subcontracting for MA at the moment. Yep. Um, so it, it's nothing like, you know, we're not like we don't work for MA or anything like that. Um, as soon as, you know, we're getting really close to wrapping up our portion of the contract on this project. Um, and once we're all happy with the designs and everything, we'll be passing it all over to them for them to run with and make happen and do what they do and and release it and, and all that you know all that wonderful stuff so don't 
don't take that the wrong way. Like, oh, what? So you guys were here, and then all of a sudden you bailed out. It's not a bailout. It's just yeah. uh, strictly a, it's a business venture. We are not we are not employed by miniature aircraft, as in mem- uh, employees of the company. We are we're effectively what it what it amounts to is contractors or consultants that they've hired for uh, us to do the design and, and marketing with them. Yeah, so, and it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's been great. A, it's, it's been, been a, been a good great experience. Uh, we're really happy, you know, with the with the results that we've seen. We're really happy with the project and. Yeah, like I said, pretty soon it'll be all in their hands to to make it happen and, you know, produce a really good helicopter. So And we'll to, move on to the next project. Yeah, so then we'll start playing. And that's kind of been, you know, wrapping, get, getting ready to wrap up that project is kind of revive some of that, you know, get out and get my finners and a little bit of everything sort of nick back. So that's that's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So just to clear all that up. I think that's it. I didn't have to work on anything this week. It's really freaking cool. Nice. Did you get flying in this week, though, dude? Uh, let's see. Yes, I did. I went out. I got one day where I went out and got, I put probably three, four nitro flights. Yeah, I got three, four nitro flights in there and then flew out all the packs and all the helis. So got a couple flights in um, on the EX, got a couple flights in on DFC, and yeah, just... Again, out flying, having fun. Novel idea. I know. Really? <laughs> Marvel. Yeah. And that's it. That's all I got. Well, I've been busy this week. Yes, I, you have. I, uh, I kind of feel... Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. As I mentioned last week, Quinn sent a, a Goblin 500 out to me just to kind of help him get it going. Brand new heli. I'm a little torn because so far I'm enjoying it. I haven't, I haven't flown it yet tomorrow. Hopefully I'll get it finished enough to fly it. But, I, you know, it, it's a very unique heli. There's no question. We all know that. There's a few things about the design that I was I don't really care for. But it's a smaller heli. Although for a 500, it's actually, it feels big. I mean, it, it has a big presence. Even on my bench, it feels like it's big. But. Nonetheless, it's uh, when you're working on it, it's still got some small nooks and crannies, and I, I don't really care for that. But kind of cool because I got to mess around with a new flyboardless system. Uh, I've been working with a Bavarian Demon. Oh yeah, das Demon! I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed with that uh, user interface. I I've kind of been just rushing through it as I've had the opportunity to in the evenings, and um. You know, had a little hiccup with some of the the firmware, not realizing that there was a new version or software, not realizing there was a new fancier software, and the unit was not communicating with the version of the software I had. And I was like, why can't this thing talk? Uh, Eventually, uh, Justin helped me get that sorted. So uh, the last few days, I've been setting that up. But there's something that's even more cool about that. Now, I mentioned last week that he had a 14SG, and he I opted to not have him send it to me, thinking that yeah. the, the receiver that came with the 14SG, I'd be able to use my 8FG. Well, that's not the case, for those of you who are out there. And I can't remember the number. I don't even want to guess, but it's an S-Bus 2, you know, with the telemetry and all that stuff. Won't work with the 8FG. So he oh, over- is it the F 
Justin, you know. It's the fastest. It's the fastest. Yeah. Yeah. The fastest. Yeah. The S two fastest version. So you can't run that on the, on the, uh, just a fast system, Dan. Nope. You can't. Not to be confused with the S bus slow list is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Quinn overnights me. Uh, his 14 SG. Yeah, <laughs> it was here. To, it was here today, waiting for me. Wow, got him more. dude! And you just made my heart murmur. I gotta tell you, I, <laughs> I, it's been. It was a few months back. I got to mess with one just very briefly. A guy I was flying with up in Kalispell had one, and so I got to feel it, touch it, and I was very like, "Wow, this is really cool." But I've been, Quinn's going to be mighty disappointed because I don't think I'm sending any of this shit back to him. <laughs> I think I'm just going to keep it all. Because it is really cool. That that radio is quite amazing. Those of us who do the 8FG, the programming is very familiar, very similar. There's really, as far as I can tell, other than the telemetry, not a lot of difference. The layout. Now, Nick, this is where when you do get your hands on one to try, which I understand you should be getting one from somebody here shortly to try out. Mm-hmm. You might as well write the check now. Yeah, that's... <laughs> dude, this is like... That from what good, I huh? hear, and I, I really want this confirmation, because we've... We are all, I think... Well, not Jesse. I don't think Jesse ever went there, and I don't know if Justin did, but uh, me and you, Dan, we, we are 9503 guys. Absolutely. And that was like the radio. We loved everything about it other than it was a JR. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the, the when feel. we went to the 8FG, it was like, oh, it's so powerful. It's awesome. But there was just that compromise it's, on it's feel. It's like, did they find this case in a Cracker Jack box? Where did they get this case? But I've heard that this is the, like, this is the Futaba 9503-ish Let me tell you, the, radio. the first thing you're going to notice yeah. when you pick this radio up is you're going to say to yourself, wow, there's something to this. Because you feel like you have a radio in your hands and not just a little plastic shell that you can, you know, when you wrap your hands around the back, you can kind of hear the, the hollow echoey sound, right, of the 8FG case. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. This does not have that. It's got kind of a rubbery, matty material around the hand grips in the back. It's it's taller. It's bigger. The radio itself. And here's the kicker. There's more room between the, the switches. Your hands, my hands. In fact, at first, when I first was messing with them, like, I'm so used to the 8FG and its little, little nature of it, how small it is. At first, I was like, eh. But then I got to messing with it. I'm like, oh, man, once I get this. Hmm. Oh, now I remember. <laughs> once, I, <laughs> once, I, once I get these two switches switched across, like, I, you know, I'll desolder the, the momentary switch and the two-way switch. I'll switch them across, and everything will be back to normal. I'm like, wow, this is going to be a nice radio. I'm a little, I just don't understand this day and age why manufacturers are not sending these radios out with lipos. But nonetheless, it doesn't have a lipo. But uh, that can be circumvented as well. Fantastic. I, I, I cannot wait. I'm actually, basically what I'm going to do, I've decided I'm going to keep this radio. Seriously, I'm going to keep it, order another one, and uh, just get an SD card when I get done and just take the programming. Because I'm going to put my other helis on this. I'm just going to go get an SD card and swap my other program from the 8FG onto this one. 
And I'm going to fly my other helis on this 14SG tomorrow. So that's what I'm going to do because it's I it's fantastic radio. Can't I can't wait to to give it. Do a you whirl. even need to get another? Can't you just like put the SD take the SD card out of your 8FG, put it in the computer, copy it, and then pick the model out of there and paste it on the other one? Can you do that? I, I would. I don't know. I haven't. I got to go get an SD I card. But I was. Uh, wouldn't you just? Wouldn't you just write it to the SD card and then put the SD card in the twelve FG and copy it? Yeah. Well, you can use the one that's in the the fourteen SG. There's not one in there. Oh. So oh, I, have to I thought get the, one. it didn't come with one. If it did, he took it out. Oh, crap. <laughs> that would explain your conundrum. Yes. So, um, uh, you, but you know what? Now that you mention that. When we get done here, I'm going to go take a closer look in the box because <laughs> it it might be in there. I don't know. Did your 8FG come with uh, one? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if a I, two gig. I wonder if I threw mine away. I wonder if one came with mine and I threw it away. <laughs> Shit, that that sucked. But anyway. Yeah, you're supposed to have one. All right. They're so, not that expensive. Yeah, they're not that. So anyway, the Goblin, it uh, should be ready to roll. Uh, I want to be sure I get the, everything right because I hate to call Quinn up and say, yeah, uh, so I need a new boom, uh, new canopy, new main shaft, maybe a couple servo gear. I don't want to have to do that. Uh, don't make that call. <laughs> so, but as far as flying, you know, of course my situation has changed and it's a little rough right now getting used to being back into that environment. So my evenings have been uh, pretty busy with other commitments that I've got like you know doing interviews and uh handling there's another uh side project that i'm working on um that has to do with helicopters and the hobby in general uh and that's taking up a fair amount of my time in the evenings but last weekend and we talked about this how i'm kind of feeling this excitement for the hobby and i gotta tell you (laughs) i burnt so much fuel last weekend because i was flying back to back to back the back are you guys ready for this number i actually kept track because it was just in a two-day period take a guess five gallons morgan fuels please Mm. mute your speakers (laughs) (laughs) this is not going to be what do you what do you say jesse what's your guess Uh, yeah six gallons and nick Two, two days five and a half gallons jesse's the winner at six gallons actually a tad over six gallons Oh, wow. Wow. Dude, I just, and look, that motor that I was kind of bitching about maybe two episodes ago, has that thing come to life? Nice. Oh, my God. That is a ton of fuel, though. Six (laughs) gallons, dude? In two days, dude. I mean, I went early in the morning. I didn't leave till night, Justin. I was there all day long. See, now you know what it's like for the working stiffs out there, dude. it's, It's like. It is. It's it's kind of nice because like all week I've been like I, I'm really super super busy at work at work and you know trying to get the whole new roll of things there and and um, for a, a few days I found myself looking out the window going man it's really nice out there I'd love to be flying <laughs> but I haven't this uh, this week I've not been able to do that at work I've just been so so busy but as I'm driving home and it's sunny and I'm in traffic and it's blah. I just, um, and I'm kind of tired when I get home. don't feel like flying. I've just been like, oh, this weekend. The weekend's coming up. 
the week I can't wait for the weekend. The weekend's going to be here, and I'm just going to be able to fly. I'm a little disappointed, though. I don't know why. I thought our club's fun fly was this weekend, and so I've been looking forward to that all week, and I find out today that, no, it's not. It's the weekend after, but nonetheless, Ed and I, I sent him a text. I said, dude, I hope you got all your running around done in the week because uh, it's flying time come Saturday morning. So we're going to we're gonna do some flying. I'm excited. I love that. Take uh, advantage I, of it when you can get it, man. <laughs> I did switch over. I got the the uh, 112 tooth uh, helical main, the heavy duty helical. Nice. Mm-hmm. I got the G Force clutch uh, block. Nice. Adjustable. Uh, you know that whole stripping gear. I did not have any issues with that, and I got to tell you that motor is just. Man, is it just really cooking along? So sweet. That's what I've been up to, guys. I'm glad there's. I I, I needed you to have a good week so we could balance. We <laughs> yeah, needed a no balance joke. here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to another good weekend of. Uh, you know that that weekend that the weekend that's going to suck and it's going to happen is when I look forward to flying all week and I go to the, I go to the field and I have a Justin weekend. That might set me off. I might have to go postal if that happens. No, it'll be the weather week. That's going to be what it is. It'll be nice all week. You'll be sitting there like, oh, oh I yeah. cannot wait. And then it'll freaking rain all weekend long. That's that's our life story here for half oh, the year. Oh, yeah, dude. That's, that's, <laughs> that's Seattle. Well, Washington. Uh, one kind of a side note, this goblin, uh, uh, Quinn, is actually going on a trip. He's going to be gone. So he's like, oh, keep it for a month and a half if you want, or a month. Whatever. Keep it for a while. So I'm going to be uh, taking that bad boy to work, and I scouted out a location just four blocks or actually maybe six blocks away from my office. Huge soccer field. I've been, for the past, like, four days, I've been going there, just driving by, just to, like, gauge, like, oh, is there going to be people here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, he's, all, <laughs> he's all getting his creep on at the yeah, soccer just, field. I'm just observing <laughs> the park. Next Monday, there's going to be a police officer that meets him there. <laughs> sir, what are, what you, are you doing? What are you, Can I help you? <laughs> you have any candy in that truck, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I am happy to report that there has not been for the past four days since I found that field. I sent you guys a picture of it on mm-hmm. the text. There's yeah, never been anybody nice, there. dude. But you know what's going to happen? The, when I do, like, I'm, if I get the goblin flying this week, the heli starts going to work with me. The the local, I don't know, <laughs> YMCA is going to start doing yep. some, four-year-old soccer camp. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's another reason to go postal. I'll just take my dog and he'll, he'll chase him off for me. But that's what I've been up to, guys. Oh, before we go into the news, I want to give a shout-out to a couple listeners. Uh, in particular, some of you guys who have been listening to the show for a long time might remember uh, Tommy. Uh, he used to come on the version one show every now and again. He's from the UK. He's had some pretty bad health issues. In a few weeks, he's actually going in for a bypass surgery. So, dude, uh, he, he said, I'm looking forward to uh, downloading the show so it'll keep my spirits up while I'm in the hospital. Tommy, I hope everything goes all right, buddy, and, uh, you know, get through that. Also, to our friend uh, Kelly and James, our friend, you guys are familiar with Kelly and James? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
James is going in for some surgery. He's got some abdominal surgery. I can't remember the specifics. I believe that's happening on the 24th. Uh, you know, speedy recovery to you guys. Absolutely. Get through those surgeries. and Hang in there, guys. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> I think maybe we should go into some news now. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yep. Go. Hey, Dan, with all the crashing I've been doing lately, I need a place to get some parts quick. You got any recommendations for me? You know what, Justin, I do. And our friends at HeliPros are happy to announce as well that they have finished the move. The move is complete. They're at their new location. So you can go to their webpage at helipros.com. And remember, guys, fly hard because HeliPros has the parts. Alrighty, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got for news, Nick? All right, so Lynx has come out with another batch of upgrades, but there's some. There's one that really caught my eye I thought was pretty cool. They have some carbon fiber uh, landing gear now for, like, the, the Blade 550X, almost kind of goblin style. It's got a whole, uh, not Gangnam style. Goblin stuff. The <laughs> uh, it's, it comes with the aluminum spacers that go in between the skids. Uh, they they even have them like a, the Red Devil edition, like Lynx does, with the you know the anodized aluminum in between there. Dude, it it looks pretty cool. I mean, it. I, I don't know. I like carbon fiber skids. I know people are always like, Ugh. some people just either like them or you don't. Uh, but I think it's cool that they're just giving people options. You know, they've got the same set. You can even kind of get the little same set for the Nano CPX and the 130X as well. Huh. Yeah. I, I'm, right. I'm one of those guys that don't like carbon fiber skids. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. You've made that very clear. <laughs> yeah. But you're going to end up owning a pair and buying a pair. That'll be the great part. Yep. We'll see about that. Yeah, you will. You freaking know it. Um, Okay, so Bobby Watts has made a pretty big announcement. Uh, We'll be unveiling, I guess this would be like his line of blades, Halo Blades. Tis the season to be a pro pilot and have your own blades. I guess it is. It's a thing to do. Yeah, so he's going to be coming out with 700s. And remember, we were talking about that. 700 millimeter is where it's at, people. 700s and then some 105 tail blades will be first. Uh, 610, 500 main blades, and then 100 millimeter and 95 tails will uh, immediately follow that. Uh, they look design wise, they're standard. Uh, you know, almost have the somewhat of the same shape as like maybe the new Align blades or maybe a, an edge. Edge SE. is what I was thinking. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Edge SE. There was actually some people that were, oh man, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of roasting them. You know, this whole you copied so and so thing is just getting. It's getting ridiculously stupid. It's getting it's, stupid. It is getting it is. dumb. And so someone put a picture up, like, oh, weird. This looks exactly like the Align Blades, Bobby. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, say, dude, say freaking... that in your Hank Hill voice. Hank Hill. Oh come on, dude. I know you can do it. No, I don't have a Hank Hill voice. You do it all the time. Come on, man. God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> Quit copying go. the guy's blades, dude. 
Uh, but anyway, so yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I think it's cool. More options out there, the better. For all you Contronic Kobe owners, they've got an update firmware version 1.8 now that's out. And I do believe, yes, there is a like a Bluetooth. No, wait a minute. Excuse me. This is a module for the Cosmic. Now, this is pretty cool. It plugs into the balance leads on your battery and then plugs into the cosmic so it can actually monitor individual cell voltage and it will reduce motor power and put you into kind of like a fail-safe mode not shut it off but into like a fail-safe mode if you start to drop a cell on a battery that's a pretty cool feature yeah um you know whole bunch more crap you got to put on your heli. You know, know, now you're plugging in balance leads every flight. Uh, That part's not super appealing to me, but it would be really cool to, you know, not see your heli coming down in a ball of fire because you dropped a cell (laughs) and then the amperage went sky high and, you know, smoked your ESC. So I think that could potentially be a a really great idea. Especially when you put it like that. Yes. No no ball of fires, please. Yeah. I'll take anything that prevents that. Thank you. Yes. You know, Bert, when he was on doing that interview the other day, he had mentioned, talked about he was coming out with uh, his own servos. Well, they are out. BK servos by Bert Kammer. Um, the first batch that he's got out is for the Goblin 500. Very different design on these. I think they forgot to tuck something in. Yeah. <laughs> Because the whole freaking motor, like, protrudes out of the case. Yeah, I noticed that, dude. What is that? Well, so I guess kind of the theory is that it's, uh, you know, this would be, what, mini size? Mini size mm-hmm. servo. But it, the theory is that it's got a standard size motor in it. So that it's, it's stronger. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's just basically going to be a lot stronger. First thing that comes to mind is, oh, dude, one good wicked crash in the dirt, and you're just going to fill that thing up. Because that's been a pretty neat feature for me, especially flying nitro. You know, that that one bad EX crash that I had, I just hoofed that thing up in the dirt. You wipe off the servo, or the servo, and you take the case off to go to change gears, and they got that nice little, you know, that nice little O-ring that goes around mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. and it's spotless on the inside. Yeah. So I, I don't... Yeah. I would assume that they would have thought about that. Looking at the picture, it's a concern, but that doesn't mean it actually is, so I don't know. But anyway, yeah, if you're looking for some mini-size servos, uh, the specs on them seem to be really good. Uh, like fast. All aluminum case. Like yeah. That. That 0.03, nice. and they are high voltage. That's, that is smoking fast. I don't know. Could be... Could be the next ticket. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Um, for the couple people who have the 18MZ and that sold their children, <laughs> I still envy you, but you do have a, <laughs> a new software available. So go download that. They made some updates to the um, the Vario Melody on and off switch function, telemetry data logging, altimeter display, and um, some S-Bus servo features. Dude, I would love one of those radios. Oh my god! It has a camera on it. I know. I That's would take like pictures the of myself. Same thing with like the iCharger. How has a colored screen? 
Like mm-hmm. that one was a camera. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How cool concept. would it be that you could take selfies with your radio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I can't remember the last time I was at the field going, damn it, I wish my, had a, my radio had a camera in it. You know, you, that's because you just it's, don't it's, know. Yeah. You just don't, because you don't, you don't have know one. You Once don't you know. get it, you will be taking pictures of all sorts of shit. My feet? Yeah. You'll be looking at the back of your 8FG like, really? Why don't you have a camera? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Nick Maxwell, speaking of blades, put out or, or announced his new line of blades, which these are actually made by V Blades, but they got his name all over them, mm-hmm. called Helix Blades. Uh, this one has grabbed my attention. Now, I'll let you guys discuss why it grabbed your attention because I know why it grabbed Dan's attention. Dan, go ahead. No, I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, so uh, excited. <laughs> we're, we're compliment sandwich here. Okay, okay. There you go, there you go. <laughs> the design on these, like, okay, so when I first saw the Cyclones, I was, uh, I was going, okay, someone, definitely Tim put some thought into this. These are by far the most airfoil advanced blades that we've seen uh, in, in my opinion I mean I, I think that he put he did a lot of things right in those set of blades and you know Jesse's flown them I think it's a step in it was the first step in a new uh, a new revolution in the hobby when it comes to blades I personally think that Max they actually took it a little bit farther uh, with the helix blades it's like kind of all Kind of the same thing, but they just went way more advanced. The leading edge on these blades actually go straight and then come forward up like kind of like a Euro a full-scale Eurocopter design. They come forward and then they sweep back to where the, the sweatback portion at the very end of the tip actually comes back in line with the rest of the blade. Very unique design. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Justin, I'm really curious, like, from you know, an aerodynamic aspect, what you think about these? I think that they're probably, you know, and it it depends on how they actually did things. I don't, I don't know all the details, but just the tip itself, it's not surprising when you take a look at some of the full scale helis out there that they have tips that are very similar. Um, the idea is to increase stability at high speed to reduce the effects of tip vortices just overall giving you more lifting power and stability for the same size blade without some of the inefficiencies that we get out of what we would consider standard rotor blades. And Um, that seems to really narrow the gap. Like, you know, before uh, it's always been a compromise. Do I want a smack blade or do I want a high speed blade? You know, Tim really claims with the cyclone that you get both with the cyclones. And That's kind of that whole tip idea is that you can still maintain some of the aggressiveness of the blade, but then yet kind of stable it out with the tip. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not uh, these guys come in the same way. I mean, you're right. Tim Tim was really the first one that took it to that level and claimed, and I, I haven't flown him, so I can't say. Jesse's probably our best reviewer of it. Uh, you think you can smack it hard and fly it smooth, Jesse? Does it fit all the styles? It fits 
my style. I didn't give it the full, the full test. I guess you would say. Okay. Um, I, I, I would tend to, you know, say my style's some smack and some smooth. So I guess in that aspect, yeah, it flew good. Well, and I guess why I'm bringing that up is because the first time we really saw these kinds of unique tips coming in was with Bodos on the rails, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. He claimed that was an efficient, more efficient. They used a more efficient airfoil. They added efficiency with the blade, uh, blade tips. I've flown them. Nick's flown them. I think Jesse's flown them. They're yep. awesome blades. They're really great blades. And while I can't speak personally as to their smackability versus their smoothness, because I don't really smack, I've heard in general that those blades are more tuned for smooth, big air 3D as opposed to smacking. So yeah, maybe very he didn't. Stable. Yeah. He, he didn't, stable. you know, maybe he, he didn't nail it as close as Tim or maybe Nick Maxwell will. Uh, I guess we'll just have to see. But it's, well, it's really cool to see. It's really, really cool to see um, these new designs coming in. Yeah, they I mean, they just took it to the whole next a whole nother level, you know, yeah, with that. With that rail blade rotor tech type tip design, you're just kind of lopping off the corner of the tip. And what you, I mean, you definitely gain some stability, some efficiency, and you can see that, you know, I I personally really feel that when I fly the rails, as I mean, the name is very fitting. They are very, very locked in when you fly them. Very stable. Uh, I mean, exceptional big air blades. But what you, you sacrifice just by removing that material from the end as you you sacrifice the bite that bite that the tip can give you to mm-hmm. give you that pop on on the collective and they are softer on the collective because that's where your highest speeds at is right at the tip. absolutely that's yeah right. but now these you know both the cyclones and the helix i want to say the helix a little bit more because it's just so much it it seems a lot more aggressive to me by the way that they they didn't really remove any surface area. They just kind of shifted it and moved it a little bit. Well, you guys run and go get some scope to wash the taste of man out of your mouth. I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> Those, these blades, these Nick Maxwell blades, they hit every branch falling out of the ugly tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They are Tell just, us how you really feel, Dan. They're hideous. They're not attractive blades. And I'm telling you, that's going to matter. Uh, above and beyond how well they perform, how they look is going to matter. It will. It will Absolutely. have an impact. There's no question. Then yep. you look at, like, dude, uh, the Cyclones, the the Halo blades, even Align's new fly barless blades. Great graphics on there. They've got something that pops back out you in the air. Um, you know, some reflection on them. Uh, I, I just don't. The only thing that I can come up with is that because these are, you know, V-blades and based out of V-blade, that that's kind of their signature thing that they do. Yeah. But, uh, okay, their signature for the last five years has also not to be on top. So I guess <laughs> yeah, exactly. not be on top, then don't paint your freaking blades. But I don't know. Yeah. I hope they put some paint on them. Yeah. I'm, and dude, 135, 135 bucks. 
Yeah, that's, that's pricey, dude. I don't even like spending one thirty. One thirty is like really. I mean, I like going back to the days of the hundred and twenty dollar seven hundred class blade, but this whole one thirty five, I actually think is going to. I think that was a poor decision. That will make an impact on sales. I have a feeling. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Chaos is kind of coming back into the game. They've released a new little 450 called the Black Widow DFC Pro kit that you can get at RC Aerodyne. Uh, it, you know, it's kind of like a little T-Rex 450 Pro. It's got a pretty sweet little like boom slip cover over it, which is kind of cool. Gives it that little gobbler look. Uh, DFC style head. I, I mean, you know, good little economical kit because you know you can't really buy um like a line kits just just the bare bones but you can pick this one up for like 150 and it really does look cool i mean no question about it hey what do you know maxwell making the news again uh scorpion has now released an hk2 4235 520 kv nick maxwell edition motor this is designed and targeted 700 class, high output, but to fit in a narrow frame helicopter. Because that has been some issues, issues where guys are like, you know, they, they come out with these hardcore motors, but then that are just a little bigger, but then the heli is like a year old and they didn't have any motors that big when the heli was made. So that, you know, now it's like, well, God, I can't run that because it won't fit. Well, Scorpion kind of addressed that issue and, you know, did a little reworking for everyone and, and came out with this, which I, dude, I think it's sick. You can get, you know, crazy yeah. power in a narrower can. News of the week. Controversy of the week. Nice. We like controversy. Bring it. Yeah. Us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so a line released some images of a new helicopter. The new T-Rex 450L. This is uh, obviously 450 class, complete new design as far as their 450s go. Nothing like the other ones. This sparked some pretty severe <laughs> reactions out of a lot Ooh, of people. Yeah, Namely, every single person on the Gowie team, including Gowie themselves, I know George from Scorpion was pretty upset about this. It has a couple striking resemblances to the Gowie X3, namely the front, the the like the nose of the frame, is damn near identical. It does seem like a pretty sweet little heli. I mean, I'll, I, I guess we'll we'll do the compliment sandwich, right? Layout makes complete and total sense. I mean, it seems the canopy, I think the canopy actually looks pretty good. This is basically a shrunken down 600 EFL Pro. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, dude. Okay, the nose, one aspect, the nose looks like the X3. The, it, the whole heli looks like a 600 EFL Pro. And that's yeah. kind of the... I just... That's, I, I really think that everyone, uh, and this is just my personal opinion... It a line should have went. Ooh, God, we better change. Just, I mean, dude, a couple different angles on the carbon fiber nose would have nipped all this in the butt. Because, yeah, but who cares at the end of the day? 
No, I is I, Gowie aggravated because a line has stole some super secret feature about the nose of their X three. What does that nose do for them? Mm-hmm. What is no, it? No, it it I does mean, nothing, and that's what I, I'm actually, dude. Usually, I'm the first to chuck a line under the bus. You know, on Horkin ideas, we've seen them rip off KDE stuff day in and day out. Oh yeah, you know, or or yeah. Photoshop they're one's not, gimbal. They're not innocent by any stretch of the imagination. No. But if Gowie, okay, how about this? If Gowie wouldn't have came out with the X three, then people would have been, dude, it's a little six hundred EFL, dude, it's yep. the same design as the seven hundred uh, EDFC. That's what that's what it is. It's a shrunken down version of that. But mm-hmm. since Gowie came out with this, which, okay, now, dude, I'm definitely not saying anything, but this helicopter trends along Align's previous designs in all of their other helicopters <laughs> right now, right? Gowie, this is a completely different design standard from Gowie. So just because they announced it a month before, which... I can tell you from the whole process of the way this goes, these things don't happen overnight. So it's not like a line went, dude, did you see that thing that Gowie just posted on on Heli Daily? Look at the pictures. Let's go make one tomorrow. We're going to steal their nose shape (laughs) because that'll make it go faster. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Seriously? I mean, dude, I would love to chuck a line under the bus on this one. I am personally not thinking that it's justified myself does it with the canopy off does it look like it yes it does it does but it also follows suit to all the rest of their models gowies does not ah dude it's it's probably one of those we're getting so tied up like right now there's been so much kind of new stuff that comes out that that with the exception of Goblin, people are kind of winding into this little tight corner where it's like there's only yeah. so many different ways you can make these things. I personally think that they both went, ta-da! They looked at each other and went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. That's my opinion, but uh, I don't know. It, I can see I see both sides of it because when I looked at it, it was like, dude, looks like a Goe X3. But then when I looked up closer, I was like, eh, well, if you were to just make that front piece of carbon fiber straight, now all of a sudden it looks identical to a 600 EFL. So, yep. you know, yeah. who cares, really, in my opinion? I can't help I but wonder if they're just, if they just nitpick at this shit because it just draws, it just, it draws people in. I think we're so. talking about it. Exactly. I think. I mean, yeah, look yeah. at here. We are talking about it. What's next? It's like, dude, he released a helicopter with a canopy on it. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Yeah. This isn't I, high school. Well, maybe some people think it is, but drives me freaking crazy. I don't know. I wish I wish everyone would quit. Complain spending so much energy complaining about what other people are doing and put all of that energy into their own quality control and their own customer customer service. service. Yes. Yep. If they did that, it would weed itself out. See, that's the cool thing. They wouldn't have to talk crap about the other company because he with the best customer service would win. Win. I mean, you're just yep. you're not going to buy the Hands other down. one that 
that ripped off the idea because they don't have any customer service. That's that's what I wish people would realize. Don't waste your energy on bitching and complaining. Yep. Just it's focus come on. Out. <laughs> yeah. If you have this product, don't worry about who made some design or copied some design off of it. Make that product to the best of your ability. Because if they're the kind of person that's that's going to copy, it's not going to be as good because they don't have the same standards that you did. So just prevail in that way. Yeah, uh, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting it's just it's getting petty. It's getting. I agree. Yep. It's wasting yeah. my time. That's right. I don't have time for this. Yeah. And that's my news. The news. With Nick. anyone else. I, I wouldn't nope. really consider it news, but I have some cool that I think would be something to okay. bring up. Have you guys seen that? It was on a Heli Daily, that video of Turek flying his X7 at night. You guys get a chance to watch that video? Dude, I have not. Flying his X7 in that like six-foot squared grassy yeah, area like, with trees. So he's, <laughs> he's doing a night flight. You know, no, no lights on his heli. He's literally just flying by the streetlights. And it's just, it is a, yeah, it's crazy. He flies, it, like like you said, in this little, like, seven by seven foot box under these streetlights. And there's, like, tri- I mean, dude, I've never, they actually said, wait for the car to go by. Wait for the <laughs> yeah. car to go by. And then now, because yeah. he's taking up, I, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> hey, you know, kind of a throwback, one of the very first videos I ever saw of Turek was uh, in a, like, a parking lot of, like, a supermarket or a mall or something. This was a long time ago, like 2008, uh, flying a, doing the very same thing with a, the original Vibe 90. You guys can remember that helicopter. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cra- it was crazy. School. Yeah. It was like, that was like, I remember one of the first memorable videos that I saw from him. And that's back when uh, Gorgon, who now works for Ready Heli, was uh, doing a lot of his videoing back then. Yeah. See, that's just nuts. Cause I mean, God. I don't think that I could find a parking lot anywhere that I could go fire up like a freaking nitro or an electric and not have the police there well, you're not in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. I guess. <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah. If I owned my own county or country or whatever. <laughs> well, I just think it's funny because, you know, I look at that and I go, no way am I flying a heli there. He looks at that and is like, oh, I could throw it down here. Well, dude, it's, it's like it's the same as Nick. You, did you guys see the video that Nick Maxwell had for the Helix Blades? And there again, he's flying his uh, his 720E in what appears to be his backyard. And he's yeah. beating the piss out of that. I thing. like it how he goes up for the big yep. air and it's like, oh, not enough room for these big power loops uh, right. because the house is in the Missed way. The house. We'll go around the house. Dodge yep. the house, back around. Dodge the house, back around. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, that's different because that's his whole private property. And, I mean, there was, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I, this could be I his don't know. private property. That's that's true. But, dude, <laughs> no. I ugh, I watched that video and it, it it just makes me think of, you know, the gentleman who passed. And it's like, this is bad sketch. This is bad. And then that <laughs> Facebook picture that someone <laughs> <laughs> that I shared on, on Dan's pictures. <laughs> Yeah, with the guy totally ducking for cover next to Tarek when he's flying. Hands on his oh, head. dude. Uh, What's the caption to that? I forget. Um, it's, I don't often fly, or when I fly helicopters, I scare the shit out of people or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. Oh, I don't fly it's, helicopters often, but when I do, I scare the shit out of people. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and the guy's all ducking and treacherous, sitting there flying. Craziness. Yeah. Great. How about you, Justin? You got anything? No news for me. <sighs> okay, well, I don't really have any news other than I'm going flying tomorrow. Oh, yeah, baby. It's happening. That used to not be news. Yeah. <laughs> but now it is. <laughs> I still plan on burning a shit ton of fuel this weekend. You going for seven? Uh, I don't think so. Because, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll fill you in next week. How does that sound? All right. I'll keep track. But I will be flying an electric this week, too. So Sweet. And so it begins. Yeah, we'll see. You guys just think I'm going to end up with a goblin, don't you? Yep. And that'll just be the first electric. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but yeah. Give it six months. He's going to have all of the goblins. I give it. No, I don't think he'll own a 700. I don't think so. I I say my prediction is that within the next three weeks, he'll own a Goblin 500, and within the next four weeks, he'll have some sort of 700-class electric. Wow. Really, dude? Yep. Mark it on your calendar. Nick stepping up to the plate, Dan. Does Nick have some inside information? (laughs) No, I just I (laughs) think that's what's going to happen. You're going to go... Oh my God! All I have to do is freaking plug batteries in. Is yeah, so, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no and tuning then, required. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it didn't cost me one hundred and thirty-eight dollars to fly today. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Dan, so it's about that time again. I'm a in the market for some new lipos and i'm starting to shop around looking at all these places and i gotta say lipos are expensive i mean it would be nice to get a quality product at a good price you know what i mean jesse i do have a solution for you man and here's the cool thing if you go to hobbyparts.com and you pick out some batteries of your choice man when you do the checkout you enter in rchn10 and you're going to get a 10 percent discount on your order Nick and I did an interview. We're going to jump right into this. Um, And Justin and Jesse were slackers. Didn't even respond when we said, hey, we're about ready to do this interview. Where were you guys? What's up with that? Hey, we're about ready to do the interview in 30 seconds. Yeah, in like, yeah. Oh, Oh, by the way, uh, we're interviewing this dude. Um, If (laughs) you guys want to come on. Don't act like you guys didn't know this interview was going to happen. Didn't you? I knew that the interview was going to happen eventually. I didn't know it was going to happen when Nick said, oh, by yeah. the way, I'm getting on Skype right now. You guys are more than <laughs> welcome to be a part of this interview. I might have failed to update <laughs> times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the first I had Well, it was a very it. rushed thing. I remember I was actually like driving home and I'm like calling it going, Okay, dude, what what do I need to know? Because, you know, I'm like literally going to run in the door, turn on the computer, stall and him. <laughs> get it going. Stall, stall, stall him. him. Tell him he looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him Say Jesse anything. gives hand jobs. Oh. oh, too far. Too far. I wasn't even there. <laughs> so that wasn't even. I mean, let's just if that was even true, that wasn't even an option. So uncalled for comment. <laughs> well, anyway, we had, uh, I'm going to totally butcher his last name. I'm going to, uh, Steve Patron. 
Petrodo. Petrodo. That's close. That was close, right? Yeah. He uh he works for Blade. He's like the he's like the dude in charge over there of like the marketing and various other things. So yep. every ad. Every yeah. ad you see, every blade, everything that we as consumers see. This is the big cheese chili dog. So I want you guys to kind of buckle in because you know we, you know we asked him those questions that everybody's thinking about, and you know the hey, are, is this thing going to throw blades or what? Are you know is it going to eject? <laughs> I had to go there. I mean, we had to, right? So you know, yeah. and, and and he, you know, we talked about all that stuff. You're about to hear all that. Uh, we'd like to say thanks to Steve for coming on, and uh, we're going to go ahead and play that interview for you now. So here you go. You, you work with Blade over there in Illinois. Correct. What do you do for Blade? Uh, I am the marketing manager, or as my title in the company is brand manager. So I uh, manage all strategic marketing, uh, event planning, uh, team management, and that kind of thing. So any advertisements you see in magazines online, that all comes from me. You're the guy that does, does the final approval on all that stuff, huh? Yeah, that's, that's me. I, uh, of course, have a creative team that I work very closely with and also, of course, work very closely with the product development guys. But everything that you see online from websites to web banners to to everything, that's, it all comes through my desk at, at some point. Very nice. So how long have you been working for Blade? Uh, I, it will be two years in August, so almost two years. And where where'd you come from before that? I uh, worked with Atlanta Hobby down in uh, Cumming, Georgia. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. For about you know, for a little while, I went to college in Georgia. Kind of grew up there, so I uh, just recently moved up here to take this position, and uh, it's it's been a fun ride so far. And uh, you fly helicopters, I'm assuming. Yep, absolutely. I enjoy flying. I mean, I fly everything. We, we get a chance to fly mostly all of our products, so um, try to stick with helicopters to keep up the skills. I can't uh, compete with the James or any of those guys over in the in the product development team, but I can I can hold my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you a question, and I'm not going to do it because. But let me give you a preface. This will all make sense in a second. I was uh, hanging out. Uh, you've you've heard of miniature aircraft, of course. Yeah, sure. I was hanging out there one day last summer, and I was playing on their simulator, and the owner, the owner of miniature aircraft, comes up to me. And he says, "Hey, Dan, what's going on?" And I said, "Hey, uh, I don't know why." I asked him, "So, uh, what's your favorite helicopter these days?" <laughs> so. I'll spare myself that agony with you. Out of the helis that you guys are currently doing, you must have a favorite. Uh, you know, yeah, it's tough for me to pick one. We've got so many. I mean, I've been really enjoying the Pro Series line lately. You know, I haven't, unfortunately, been able to fly the 700X too much, but I've, I just got a couple flights on it today. And uh, I have been flying my 550X quite a bit. And uh, more recently, the, uh, the all-new 350QX quad. So I've been flying that prototype quite a bit. So uh, I'd say my if I had to pick a favorite, I would go with uh, probably the uh, for ease of use. I'd probably say uh, the brushless MCPX or the 130X, and then for the bigger stuff, I I really enjoy the 700X. The Pro Series helis. It's a fairly new concept for Blade. Yeah. So uh, you know, not too long ago, we we decided we wanted to get into the larger helicopter segment, and we knew that you know although our convenience helicopters, everything up to the 500X is great for out-of-the-box, plug-and-play, bind-and-fly. Uh, that you know, They're great for those guys who don't want to do any building, just want to pull a 3D machine out of the box. But we knew when we get into the bigger ones, we couldn't uh, 
build, we wouldn't be able to build or don't want to build the bigger ones for people. Uh, we know they want to set them up how they want to set it up, their servos, their motors, their speed controls, their batteries. So when we came up with the Pro Series, it was to it was really to compete in that segment. And uh, now that we have the, in- the entire line, we've got the 550, the 600, and the 700. Uh, all of them are kit you know, helicopters, they come in either a kit, which is usually airframe, or maybe a, a com- you know, a motor component here and there. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also the combo, so you get, you know, the whole gamut of, of products in that box. Eventually, we're going to get into the specifics of, of these particular helicopters. I'm sure Nick's got all kinds of questions for you, but oh, yeah. uh, something was brought to my attention. Nick and I were talking before we recorded, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of maybe inform our listeners, and me for that matter, is there is there a separation between e flight and blade? Because a lot of times you hear e flight blade. Well, uh, you know, up until a few years ago, e flight was the was the parent brand, so to speak. Of course, Horizon is the umbrella company, and e flight and blade blade is now a proprietary brand. But blade was uh, the helicopter segment of e flight up until about I'd say maybe four years ago. This is before my time at Horizon, and. Uh, Maybe three, three, three years ago, the, when they decided to branch it out, um, the the brand was was doing so well that eFlight couldn't uh, hold all of the, you know, all of the there was enough there wasn't enough uh, personnel basically. So we we pulled eFlight away from Blade, and now Blade is its own proprietary brand. Uh, the confusion usually lies in that we use eFlight Electronics. You know, all of our models have some e-flight component whether it's a motor or a speed control or even servos uh, but the brand is blade and uh, and will be blade from now on uh, so the confusion may be that because of the components but no i yeah it's it's a frustrating thing but it's something that we switched out of a long time ago and it's it's been so ingrained in the consumer's <laughs> mind yeah. that it's e-flight but you know e-flight blade yes we're we're not necessarily one and the same but we do of course they're two now proprietary brands of horizon hobby so we you know, we use the components, and, and that's kind of our electronic system, so to speak, now. Okay. One thing that I'd like to touch on, and I'm sure you guys have thought about this in one way, shape, or form, and when it comes to, you know, Blade kind of going into, uh, well, let's just say the larger market, the larger heli market, I mean, there, there had to have been a concern because, uh, generally speaking, the hobbyist associates Blade with like the MCPX or, you know, these smaller out of the box, ready to fly. And sometimes that's not a, that's, that's not a good association for some people. Mm-hmm. Sure. How, how did you guys, I mean, you must've had some kind of meeting and did you decide to just, I mean, it had to have been something you understood and how, how, how are you attacking that or addressing that? Well, we knew, we knew the risks involved. We knew that uh, because Blade has forever been a convenience brand and we've had smaller helicopters, we knew that there was going to be some level of, uh, of, you know, of awareness or, I guess, risk from the consumer. They're not willing to switch over or, hey, you know, Blade made a you know, 130X or they made the MCPX and maybe they can't make a big heli. Uh, but, you know, we sat down and we thought, well, if we're going to do it, we need to do it right and uh, we know that we have a lot of things on our side when it comes to promoting or, and, and really supporting a pro series or a larger helicopter segment. We've got you know, some of the best support in the industry. We've got some of the best parts support in the industry. We've got a huge dealer network that carries these parts. And sometimes we knew that it's a little harder to get uh, parts for larger machines, whatever brand they may be, just because they don't have the dealer support that we happen to have. 
so we we knew going into it, it was going to be a risk, and we're working through that. And I think that people are starting to see that we're serious about it. You know, now that we have we released three models this year, I mean that's that shows you right there the commitment that we have that Abs- we want to get these out there. Absolutely, and I want to bring one thing to the forefront. And actually, Nick brought this up uh, several episodes ago. The game changer that this could potentially be, and you right. guys obviously are aware of it, and we've considered it and talked about it on the show, bringing the blade helicopter into the market, a large sized 700, 550, 600 size, and so on. This opens up the local hobby shop again, and it kind of can breed, it's going to breed some life back into the local hobby shops. Don't you guys agree with that? I mean, that's, that's incredible for the local guys. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what we've been complaining about. That's what we've been missing. I think, you know, I think Blade and Horizons, their biggest advantage is support. I mean, I mean, let's face it, with whatever percentage of the market that a line has got right now, they've gotten that without any support. If you have a problem, you better hope to God that the people you bought the part from are really nice and willing <laughs> to take a hit to, to gain uh-huh. your, your customer service. But, but past that, you're screwed. And Blade has a huge advantage in that way. And that's why I said that it could be a game changer because if you can put these parts, convince, you know, the hobby store owners who are already making these orders from the same place, they've already got the 130s, they've already got the, you know, the brushless MCPXs, convince them to just go into that next line. It's convenient for them. It could really, I mean, it could change such a, such a dramatic dynamic of, consumer to hobby shop relationship that we has gone downhill for the last five years it's been a challenge to well not say a, i wouldn't say a challenge but it's been interesting to see the dealer feedback you know I, I talk to our sales team our wholesale sales team quite often and uh you know the feedback we get is a lot of dealers are they may not be in this segment they just they stop at a 130x and they're like, well, you know, do I really need to bring in another large heli? And you know, we'll we'll try to convince them to bring in a in a 550 or something, and and they'll sell it. And wow, you know, hey, I can actually that's that's pretty good. I can bring that in, and I can support it. And now I have a whole new customer, and hopefully they'll tell their friends. And eventually, these dealers start you know wanting to bring in more stuff. So more and more, we're seeing dealers that have never even brought in a large heli from any other brand, whether it be a line or Synergy or Goblin or whatever. But and now they're thinking, well, you know what? I'll I'll try the Blade brand because. I have the horizon support because I know I can get the parts easily and because I know my rep is right there a phone call away. And I'm seeing that personally. Um, I'm working with my local hobby shop, Hobby Town USA, to kind of grow the heli hobby in this area. And we're going to be doing some intro to uh, RC helicopter clinics over the next few months. I mentioned this 700 way back when I first heard about it. He didn't really, didn't really think too much of it. Mm-hmm. But then I was talking to him a couple days, last weekend, in fact. And he goes, Dan, they're putting out a 700X. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Kurt, I, I told you that like months ago. <laughs> and, and so now he he's seeing the potential. You know, the hardest part for these guys is going to be just how how do I take that step from what would essentially be considered an entry-level helicopter, MCPX-ish helicopter, mm-hmm. to a hobby I don't know. Do we want to call it a hobby grade? Is it? Is that really? I don't know if that's a fair term, but you understand what I'm saying. A bigger, more robust, typically da- more dangerous helicopter. Sure. But that's the challenge that Blade has in front of it, and I'm 
I'm sure you guys will do a fine job with it. So moving along into this process, I mean, you guys decided to bring out this big helicopter. You've, we've talked a little bit about the challenges that you knew you were going to face. One thing that it, that is duly impressive, and you did mention it, three helicopters in one year. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So you're going to have to take us through that process. Yeah. Uh, so we started, let's see, the 550, we announced it at Orlando in December at the Orlando Heli Blowout. And uh, we knew at that point we had we had the 600 in the works because it's you know based on the very same airframe. And we, we had the 700 in in CAD. We really kind of were playing around with the design and talking through some of the things we wanted. But at the time, we knew we were going to get into this, and we knew that if we're going to do it right, we need to get these all on the market this year. And our goal was to have everything shipping by Urcha and have the 700 shipping by Urcha. At that point, I was very nervous knowing how many things that have to be done in the background from a marketing standpoint, <laughs> and also how many things have to be done from a production standpoint. You know, you got, you got manufacturing, you got shipping times, and it's been... It's been one of the craziest seasons I've ever had, and I've, of course, not in this, been in this job for a long time, but it's been absolutely nuts. We've been testing. We've been crashing. We've been uh, you know, working on marketing materials. We've been event planning, and it's, it's been crazy. So, I mean, there's, there's not, been a t- not been a time during the day of, at work that I've not been focused on you know, not only the other Blade products, but also this. So uh, I guess the process, we started with the 550. We knew we had the 600. That goes to production. Uh, you know, the marketing gets developed. And we have to work with our rest of world people, all the global guys over in UK, Germany, and elsewhere. Uh, there there's so many pieces. I, I don't think people realize the, the amount of work that has to be done just to release a product. If you've never been in the consumer products industry, just to release a product is an immense thing. But to do three major products in a year, uh, on top of you know the other products, we've done the 350QX, we've done the Red Bull 130X, we've done the Nano QX. All that is happening, and it's coming from the same team. So you're think you know you see James working; he's been really the driving factor behind Pro Series. But all the other guys have been, and he's also been a, in a have a hand in other products. But the other guys have been just focused on the other stuff. So we've got several projects going at once. Uh, but this Pro Series, we're we're pretty we're pretty proud that we got this together and. And in this amount of time, and I'm happy to say the 700Xs will be here in our warehouse very soon, and I will have them at Urcha. <laughs> so it, uh, we met our goal. I got to tell you, it's a good thing that we aren't doing a video interview because Nick would just be like passed out by now, just going, oh my God. How no, nice. it's, it's... How nice would that be? <laughs> uh, oh, I know. I mean, are you kidding me? That's, uh, yeah, from someone who likes to tweak and design and do all that, just to, to have that. You know, and that's, man, that's, again, that's the huge advantage that I see that Blade has is they have the resources to just be like, hey, guess what? The market wants this. We're going to make this and then, you know, just crank it out and make it happen. I mean, there's there's so much involved in that. And I know just a, a tip of that. I can't even imagine doing it on, you know, such a such a huge, large scale. Yeah, and I, I want to be clear. I mean, we, we have these three announcements have been a lot of work, but it's not that we rushed anything. It's not that we skimped on design. All three of these products were, were thought about uh, from design, you know, from the ground up, from, from paper to production. They were all thought about. The design was thought about. They were tested extensively. The electronics were tested extensively. Uh, and, and the 700 has been even tested, is more, is tested even more so. Uh, so we're, 
it's not that we rushed these out just to get them out there. We actually spent the man hours and we put in the time to get these right. I'm curious. I've got one question. This, I, I think this is a question that a lot of our listeners are really going to want to know. And I want to know too, when you guys are testing like the 700 X, have you actually put ridiculously stupid overpowered, typical um, American, I need to run this on 14 S with a, you know, uh, 11,000 watt motor in it and seeing if it'll hold up? Or is it just e-flight components or spectrum components? I will say, I don't think we've ever tested a 14S setup. I think, I want to say James has done it on the side, maybe a, at home, but we've never done it in a professional setting. Uh, I know we've tested other com- other manufacturers' components. We've tested Scorpion and uh, lots of different other motors. So we know that the high-powered setups, at least on 12S, more than fine. And I mm-hmm. know I'm confident in that machine that if we if someone wanted to run 14s, it's doable. Uh, there's plenty of room in there, and the you know the helical main gear. We, I'm it's it's funny because we we tested this thing. We've we've put a lot of flights on it. We've crashed a lot of models purposely just to see how they hold up. And uh, we've never, and I mean never, have stripped a main gear in this thing. It's uh, huge. That is a monster main gear. I will yeah, completely agree. Yeah. So. I mean that. I mean, I'm not marketing fluff on that. I mean, we've never ever stripped a main gear. We've, you know, we've stripped other gears, but the main gear has held up, and that's really a testament to the design. Of course, it's helical, uh, but it, but it's also strong. It's made of very strong plastics, uh, and it will hold up to the rigors. And James puts on some abusive flights. I mean, we, when you see him at work and he's really trying to blow a helicopter up it's kind of it's funny and it's scary and it's it's very impressive <laughs> uh so he he pushes the, he's pushed this thing he's pushed all of these to their breaking point and i've never seen one just completely fail uh based on him trying to abuse it i mean we've we've fried speed controls and we've fried batteries and and smoked other things but never has the airframe ever just failed out of nowhere just from abuse and you guys are staying away I know there was a little bit of an issue with the, I do believe it was the 550. You guys kind of got got bummed on the speed controller deal. You're you're staying away from that now, correct? Correct. Yeah, the 550 ESC unfortunately didn't hold up to um, our consumers' testing. You know, it was it was uh, something we wanted to do. We we really were were proud of the ESC when we had it, and then we realized that. You know, maybe it's not something that uh, the community wants. They want to use primarily in the U.S. anyway, Castle or, um, you know, we see overseas Contronic and that kind of thing. So, and those ESCs are, you know, Castle knows how to make an ESC and they do it, they do it right. That's what they do. So they have time to test and test and test. And mm-hmm. as much testing as we do on our components, you know, there, there's still an element of, of failure when you do mass production and get them all out there and let people play with them and, and, you know, maybe even though James flies things hard and we all try to push them hard, uh, sometimes a consumer will do something that we don't think of and, and that'll fail a speed control. So yeah. uh, I, I think we tried to rectify that pretty well by offering, we removed all the ESCs out of all the kits. Um, we offered, we of course lowered the price on all the 550s mm-hmm. and we offered a $100 re- or a $100 check. I mean, just give you a hundred bucks. If you had a speed control, you don't want it. We'll write you a check for a hundred bucks. Uh, I mean, that, that's really a testament to Horizon's support Jeez, and how strong. I mean, I don't know any other manufacturer that'll just write you a check for a hundred bucks. Unheard of. Um, I, I don't yeah. know if I've ever, like ever, ever <laughs> heard of that. Usually you get a, a sorry and send it back and we'll give you a new one. Right. And so, you know, We've discontinued that speed control, uh, and it's 
it, if you if you have one and you still don't want it, that that opportunity is still available. We haven't shut that window, so there, we know there's plenty of guys out there. Um, I'm happy to say that, uh, although there was some issues and it was really blown up online, we've only received 10% of the ESCs back for returns. Uh, that's really not. It's actually lower than we intent we thought. We thought we were going to get more like 50 or more, 50 percent or more, but we've only gotten 10 percent back. So there's plenty more out there <laughs> that have uh, not been returned. So it's either the guys are just not flying them as hard as some people, and they're happy with their purchase, and we're glad for that. There's nothing wrong with the speed control. It just it just happened to fail under really hard loads. Yeah, and so. speed controllers are. I mean, they're such a risky. You know, me me and Jesse were actually having this conversation the other day, and. We were asking a, a very, you know, profiled person in the hobby. We're like, well, you know, then what's the one that doesn't blow up? Because uh, we were talking about, you know, we don't care if they shut down. If they have a problem, they shut down. That's one thing, right? Or if they just fail when you plug them in. But what's the one that doesn't light on fire? And his <laughs> response was, they all do. <laughs> and, and they all will eventually. Every brand will have a problem. So I do not blame you guys for not going there because there, it's... It's a high-risk part of the hobby to get into, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Speed control is tough to make, and, and the software, it's really, hardware is easy, right? I mean, anybody can get some FETs and some, and some PC boards and, and make a speed control that will handle, you know, the voltage spikes. But when it comes to software, and because we don't, in, you know, in the heli industry, we don't really use censored motors much like the car guys use. And when you load up a machine and unload it in the, uh, with the aggressiveness that most helicopter pilots do, you know, the speed control has to combat those those forces and it has to keep up and if it doesn't see the right timing you're going to shut one down and i know i know castle has their software to the point now where it'll shut down if there's a problem instead of frying the speed control so mm -hmm. they're hard to make and and we know that and we're happy that i'm i mean i'm happy now that uh we are not offering a speed control and i think people are understand that and are actually cool with it because they can get a Castle, whatever they have, they have something lying around. They want to buy something new. They want to buy a Contronic. They want to buy anything else. The mm -hmm. option is there, and the price of the kit is reduced to you know to show that. That that I think is the key. It's one less piece that I have to turn around and sell when I go buy. Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. I think that's a really big advantage, especially like over you know the aligned situation. Some people, um, some people will not even touch a castle. I mean, no way, absolutely, it's not an option. They won't touch any of that stuff, and you know they're going to go buy. X brand and take that whole combo kit that they're forced to buy if they want that airframe and mm -hmm. part it all out and sell it out. Yeah. Yep. One question I got for you is sure. uh, so the 700 in particular, 700X. Mm -hmm. How, okay, so all of a sudden this thing just showed up. <laughs> I mean, just bam. I mean, what do you, how, I mean, do, are, all your employees are they under like, a, I'm sure they have NDAs, but. Sure. Joking aside, I mean, are, how did you manage to keep that under wraps so tightly? And then just bam, there it was at XFC. Kind of a last minute decision to do XFC. We we finally had, you know, full production or pretty much full production samples ready to go. Um, but we, you know, of course, all of our employees are NDA'd and all of our, our uh, top blade pilots are, are, M, are NDA'd. So they can't share anything, and if they do, they're reprimanded, of course. But we, uh, there wasn't a lot of these built, and I think that was really the key. There was, you know, we we there wasn't. I guess there was a lot built, but there wasn't a lot sent out. We kept them in house. They they were all in Illinois. Uh, they traveled from Illinois to maybe Ohio if James went home for the weekend. But uh, he, you know, we we tried our hardest to keep us under wrap, and we knew people could see that. 
hey, you have the 550 and you're calling it the Pro Series. Uh, so we, we knew that people would expect a larger machine down the road, but right. we, we didn't let any sneak photos come out. Anytime we were testing, we were always aware of people taking photos and because uh, we do test outside of Horizon quite a bit. And it's you know an open campus. There's not there's no gates and that kind of thing. So if you happen to drive up, you could theoretically see new products. But uh, we were very careful in in flying it. And uh, really early on, we were flying it with uh, no name canopies and trying to keep it under wraps. So if there were any pictures, you couldn't really see anything. So I, I kind of equate it to a um, a car company, you know, going out on the track and their car is all blacked out with yeah. stealthy yeah. stuff yeah, on it. Yeah, they got a tape all over it and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we tried hard and it really paid off because when we had it out there, people went, whoa, wait a minute. And it was almost a, a sneak thing at XFC. We didn't really post much about it. I didn't even tell my sales crew, my sales team about it. Nobody really knew but the people at XFC. And that's what we intended. We wanted the true enthusiast to see it first and, you know, see it up close and, and see James... And I guess William, having he flew it the last two flights, but James, you know, he he really put a good show on there. He didn't place extremely high, but uh, you know, he he works for a living. He doesn't fly for a living, so he uh, he's designing helicopters, and he did really good with the machine. When you know you've got a family and you've got a full time job, and you fly on on the side to practice. Tell me about. I have you guys. Uh, you you must have had projected sales, and I mean, I'm sure you're not going to give us numbers, but are the sales? what you guys expected them to be uh, with the models that are currently out now? Yeah, we're, you know, we're tracking good. I mean, the the 550 with the, the speed control kind of uh, put us, you know, not in the greatest position on that one. We're, we're still selling them. People are starting to realize that it's, it's a, it's a knockout helicopter. There's really nothing wrong with the airframe. It's a really more than capable airframe. And now that they can add their own speed control, people are very happy with it. The 600 and the 700 haven't hit the, haven't hit the shelves yet. So I, I can only attest to deal or pre-orders and some consumer pre-orders, but you know, we know that, and like we talked about this earlier, the risk of us going into this market, we know that it's going to be slow initially just because people are not willing to take that risk. Uh, once they see them in action and get their hands on it or see one at the field or uh, even at Urcha, you know, we're really going to put on a good show at Urcha and have lots of team pilots flying them. And we're going to let people buddy box a 700X at Urcha and uh, fly it. You know, Come and fly it. If you have something bad to say about it and you've never seen it, that's fine. But come fly it and then tell me what you think. And, I think uh, that's what it's going to take. That that one guy, you know, and, and it might just be one guy in the whole entire town <laughs> that actually yeah. buys one, and everyone's uh, the curiosity is going to be too high. Well, well, I want to see it. I want to see it, and, and then there's just going to be this hesitation. And but I think once you know one person takes that leap, then uh, you know it could definitely really pick up some momentum. Now, are you guys going to do? Uh, you know, to try and help combat that, are you guys thinking about maybe doing like a rep program or anything? Well, we've we've got a pretty significantly large uh, blade team. We've got our 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 full team pilots or our free pilots who get everything free, uh, and then we've got our our other pilots who are you know basically reps for us. So, oh, okay, uh, they, I didn't they know They get that. they get thing. Yeah, it's kind of a not many people know how the Team Horizon thing works, but there's different tiers, of course, and most teams this is the case, but. Uh, there's tiers, so the top tier guys will get stuff for free, and those are our, you know, key pilots, and they, they're kind of our show and go guys. And then we have our reps, who are excellent pilots, excellent community reps, and they're they're true ambassadors of Horizon and Blade, and you know they they are supported by us, and uh, they uh, they can buy models at a discounted rate, heavily discounted rate, and uh, 
they'll be out there. So we, you know, we've got a chunk of pilots and all of Team Horizon. Just not not just the heli guys, even the air guys can buy this stuff too. So, you know, at this point, there's no true, you know, mini rep or non-Horizon team rep out there. But there is a significant amount of Team Horizon guys, and we're we're ever we're trying to grow that team. We're ever looking for new talent, guys all across the country. Uh, we're you know we're a little light on the West Coast. We're looking for West Coast guys, and uh, I get emails and Facebook comments every day about, hey, I want to want to be on the team, and we try to pursue those 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 avenues and see what they're like. And if the people are a great fit for Horizon and for Blade, then we'll bring them on as a rep. And if they work if they work out, we'll we'll bring them on to the free team. But it's it's a process. But yeah, we're I think the team should help, and at the local fields when there's a team pilot there that you know that level of trust is there. Or at least hopefully that the you know if you're a new guy and you see a Team Horizon shirt, walk up to him, walk up to any guy on my team, and he will gladly stop what he's doing and help you out. Dude, so I want you to address uh, those of our listeners who kind of feel, and we've talked about this on the show. The guys asked me when we were talking about the 700 a few weeks ago. I was just kind of silently listening to him talk, and they said, so, Dan, you've been kind of quiet. What are your thoughts? And I said, well, you know, I kind of want to just take a hide-and-watch approach. And I can imagine a lot of guys out there, you know, there's got to be a bit of speculation or wonderment, just kind of wondering, gosh, you know, do I really want to buy into this? I'd like you to address those guys. I mean, I don't I mean, I mean, don't necessarily want you to give us a sales pitch or, or put you on the spot to give us one, but... What would you say to those guys who are kind of taking a hide and watch approach? Well, I mean, if you're, uh, I, I keep up with the online stuff, and uh, although it's a, it's the very vocal crowd, there's still a lot of guys on there that are a positive or b very negative. And for those guys that are just holding back and not not wanting to, uh, you know, do a little research, read about it, get you know, learn learn why we did some of the things on the 700x. Just keep in mind, you know, you've got there's many there's we know there's a lot of competition out there. There's many brands to choose from, um, but we think that our product and our our support and everything that we that Horizon offers makes the Pro Series line so much better of an option for you out there. Uh, you know, prices prices competitive, parts support is huge, parts are competitive, performance is right there with everybody else. And and design quality is excellent. I, I think if if you haven't seen one yet, and you've you know you've got a hobby shop that can pop a box open and take a look through the parts, or you know come to, if you're going to be at Urcha. I know not everyone can get there, but if you're going to be there, come to the booth, check it out. If you want to fly something, let me know. Let any of the guys know. Uh, we'll buddy box you. Um, but yeah, just you know, give it some time, and you'll start seeing these things out there. And uh, like I said, the 600 and the 700 haven't even shipped. So if you haven't seen one, there's probably a reason for that. Uh, and the 550 has been out for some time now, and it's it's kind of getting off the ground. And I hope that people will will give not just look over Blade just because we've been a a small brand or small you know small helicopter brand for so long. We're really putting our all behind this, and uh, we're we're definitely ready to take on the 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 abuse that some people can throw at us as far as you know critiques and that kind of thing. I suspect no. it's gonna get it's gonna get <laughs> yeah. rough. I suspect. I don't. I don't envy you guys there. I mean, I, I've heard more. Are you kidding me? My my grip flew off of my MCPX. You think I'm going to put a 700 up in the air? I've heard a couple of those, oh, yeah. and it's. Oh yeah. I mean, like you said, I guess you just have to take it with a grain of salt and prove them wrong. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, and that's why I like the the field marketing aspect of the of this segment. You can put a you can show somebody marketing stuff all day long, show them pictures, show them videos, but until you get up and touch the product. 
you know, you're you're not gonna believe what it is. And when you touch this, and you see the 700 in person, and look at the just the the finish and, and the fit and finish of everything, it's it is on par with everything out there. And you know, I've I've done, I've seen and checked out a lot of different brands. And of course, you know, that's part of my job is learning the competition. And I, you know, I I guess I'm a little biased, but I'd say our product is right on par with everything else out there, if not better in certain in certain places. That's great. Now we've talked about the manufacturing. We've talked about the the hurdles you guys are gonna you're gonna be looking at trying to get people to understand what you're doing. Let's get into the specifics of the 700X. Sure. What is it about the 700X that you're most fond of or proud of, mm-hmm. and uh, what can people expect out of this machine? Well, from a just from a pure airframe standpoint, um, it's a very clean. Uh, very well designed airframe. Everything from the quick release battery tray that makes changing batteries like uh, a, it's a snap, uh, to the you know integrated bearing block with the optimized geometry. Uh, you know, there are other models out there that have a similar setup, uh, but this has a truly uh, unique setup when it comes to the way this geometry works. Um, you know, and then going back to you know the tail is a one piece case and. Uh, the you know the head has got the uh, or the sorry the servo arms are captured balls are not just clip on ball length they're captured on the servo so they won't go anywhere uh, there's a lot of key features that are really nice and uh, one thing that really stands out is, and I've built um, maybe one of these and we'll be building a lot this weekend but uh, the these go together so fast and the parts count is so low uh, that it's just it's crash damage is very low. And building time is extremely low. I think James can put one of these together in less than four hours, from box to flying. Uh, I mean, granted, he's he's built and repaired many of these, but to just take a model out of the box and put the frames together, and it's just so quick to build. It's it's really a nice feature, especially when you crash. Right. It does seem to be a. a it's. I mean, I'll, I'll be frank and and say there's there's nothing that's like, oh my gosh, this is the fanciest, coolest, most unique thing that I've ever seen. But it looks like a like you guys have taken a very simplistic, functional approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you when you see the frames, I mean, there's some really good images on the the Blade website of just the bare frames or even the even just the frames with the electronics installed. Yeah, there's some shots on there. If you haven't looked, take a look. But there's some shots on there of the whole thing wired up minus the speed control. And there are some images that you can't see wires. You really can't. I mean all these these new spectrum servos with the pre sheeted or pre sheathed or pre heat shrink, whatever you want to call it, wires. Everything goes together and the way, you know, the the helicopter is designed, it hides the wires so well. So it's it's super clean looking on the bench, and yeah, the simplistic approach is is what we wanted. It we wanted a simple to build, uh, cheap to crash, excellent performing model that can throw down with the best of them. How well does it crash? Pretty good. I, I've seen James. Like I said, the 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 main gear won't. Uh, we've never stripped one. I can't say it won't strip, but we've never stripped one, and that's with James and everyone trying to crash it. Uh, we've seen as little as landing gear, set of blades. And you know maybe a tail boom, and uh, we've seen as much as uh you know the main shaft, and I don't even think we've cracked a frame. I I haven't been out on every crash since I'm always in the office, but you know we've seen the really bad ones, which are a frame side or um, you know the entire tail boom assembly or tail assembly. But 
when you have a tip over, I mean, there's some videos of James crashing it. There's one at Heli Masters, if you haven't seen that one. It's just a, it's he kind of rolls too low and takes out the blades. But he saved it, landed on its feet, and he replaced the blades and I think the landing gear. And it was that was it. I mean, for someone to hit blades on concrete and not just ball the helicopter up is pretty impressive. Um, but it, it crashes really well. I'm, I'm impressed with it. And I've seen a lot of stuff crash, so it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, direct to swash servos. Director Schwass servos, yeah, the uh, their their the, the 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 geometry is is so optimized. I mean, when the you know when the when the Schwass plate tilts and the balls get closer to the main shaft, everything stays in line. So uh, if you're at you know full pitch or if you're a full right aileron, everything everything is in line. So you don't get any weird interactions with the. So you don't get any aileron or elevator interactions when you're doing the opposite. So if you give a, a true right aileron command, you're gonna get a true right aileron. And you know that gets covered up by a lot of flybarless systems, but the least the 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 less they have to work as a computer, the better the model's going to fly. The more true it's going to fly in the air. That's something that um, uh, we've we've had this discussion on our forum. You know, with with the advancements in flybarless technology, you know, does it doesn't it really equal the playing field? And I'm going to flat out I, at that time. Uh, when that question got brought up, I said, you know, it, it does kind of, but, but it'll, you know, you have to build the foundation on correct mechanics first. That, that was kind of my response back then. Mm-hmm. Now that I've been through this, uh, the 700EX project, I can tell you that it absolutely plays a key role, <laughs> far more than I ever anticipated. So it does. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, and, and of course, you know we we fly the the AR seventy two hundred BX, so it's B specs, uh, and then and if you've played with a lot of flybarless controllers, you'll know it it's adjustable, but it's you can't get into the really fine fine tuning of it uh, like other brands out there. But uh, we've flown this on all the different flybarless systems, and it it flies excellent on all of them. And the fact that you don't even have to do a lot of adjustments on some of the ones that are more capable of adjusting, like V bar, Icon, those kind of things. It you know everything's in the green. I mean, it, it doesn't have to adjust. You don't have to adjust it to make it work for your for your setup. It's just it's almost a plug and play. I mean, you're going to have to adjust here and there, but it's almost a plug and play system. The fiberless unit is working, you know, so little to to combat all the interactions of other types of systems. Uh, it's just a clean, really almost really kinetic feeling. Just you you feel when you give a command, it you just feel it and it just feels good, and that's just the testament to how good the geometry is. I like the battery tray. Yeah, that, it's that's nice. a nice little touch. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, you're always changing out batteries, and mm-hmm. you can buy extra trays and slap your batteries on there if you got two sets, and you want to switch out of the field. No need to Velcro anything. Just boom, boom, clip them in, plug it in, and go. Uh, it's it's super nice. That was one of the things that we pushed for from the start. That was one of our that and the geometry were really the two key things we wanted to have on this heli. Do you have an approximate ready to fly weight on that heli? Yeah, we uh, with um, let's see, with a 120HV, and I think we used E-Flight 30C pack, so they're about the same weight as a Thunder Power 65C. Uh, it comes in right at uh, 12 pounds, fully ready to fly. So it's it's not over 12 pounds; it's right at 12 pounds. If you're flying smaller packs uh, or even uh, a lower C Thunder Power pack, you're going to be under 12 pounds. That's it's pretty excellent for a helicopter this size. Another another question I have is something the guys brought up when we were talking about this initially was um, they were mentioning it looks to me like uh, the 
there might not be a lot of room to mount these larger, say, Scorpion motors and stuff like that in there. Is that going to be an issue? Have you guys tried? Uh, we've, uh, I think James is flying his, or he flew his at the Heli Masters with uh, Scorpion. Forgive me, I don't know the number, but it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a larger Scorpion. I think it's the limit, the LE edition, but it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it fits. It's totally fine. It's tight in the frames, but it's not that tight. I mean, the motor. We okay. don't try to, we don't try to design these things to say, hey, you got to use the E-Flight stuff. <laughs> as many, as many times I've heard that, it, it shocks me because it's not really well, what we try a, to do. It's a concern. I mean, it's yeah. a big concern because that's what we're from the smaller models you know uh that's what we were just kind of all used to because that's how it right. came so you that's that's it, really good to hear though yeah, yeah your motor your servos your flywheelless unit uh it all it all it all will work just fine i mean there's even two places to put your flywheelless unit you can put it in the front in the lower tray or you can move that tray to the back and have it on the back like a typical setup so there's even options there it's definitely capable of of your to put your flare on it, I guess I can say. <laughs> now, see, now I just want to see one. Now, yeah, I'm at, well, that, I'm at that point where, you know, I, I want to. I just want to see one because that's, like you said, that's the final judgment call. I need to put my eyes on it, my hands on it, to be able to say, yay or nay. This this passes my sniff test. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, hopefully well, we can get something in the area. Definitely. I, well, if you, I don't know if you guys are planning on seeing it at Urcha or going to Urcha at all, but uh, uh, if not, then we'll we'll try to we try to hit a lot of events, and we have team guys that are be flying them out there. So hopefully, you'll get to see one soon. And yeah, that's going to be the the best way to to make sure that you that people understand how awesome this machine is. Well, I can tell you this, Nick, and uh, you should be a little bit jealous. The Kurt at my local Hobby Town USA, he is going to be ordering one in as soon as he can. So, dude, seriously, yeah, that's so I get to I get fair. I get to build it and fly it because mine will be like the last one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we're we're yeah. looking forward to it. Cool. I want to say they're leaving our warehouses on the thirty first of this month, so you should get it pretty soon. Excellent, excellent. Well, Steve, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to kind of hear what's going on from uh, inside the hobby and especially from your guys' perspective because a lot of our listeners are curious about what it is to come with these uh, with these Pro Series helicopters. And, man, I wish you guys the best of luck. And I, I it's time somebody put a little fear in Mr. A. <laughs> I agree. <Yep. laughs> and I got to tell you, I think you guys are set up for that because, you know, the one you know you guys have it you've got like you said you said at the beginning of the interview you've got the facilities you've got you've got all of the you've got everything you need in place to make this happen and now you need is a good quality helicopter to uh to provide to the consumers so man we wish you the best of luck with that all righty steve thanks for coming on dude i appreciate it thank you guys it's been a pleasure So, Dan, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of Nick making fun of me carrying my charging stuff around in a cardboard box. I'm looking for something to, you know, kick it up a notch. You got any suggestions for me? Absolutely, dude. Head over to ProgressiveRC.com, man. They got all kinds of charging accessories there. They got cases. They've got chargers. They've got leads. Anything you could possibly want. And best of all, dude, you can toss that cardboard box aside. Remember, guys, that's ProgressiveRC.com. They got what you need. So, guys, that was Steve from Blade. Do not 
say Steve from E Flight Blade. As you guys no, heard. no, you can't say that, dude. That was a great. Interview. That was a good interview. I, I'm, I'm really glad that we got that opportunity because that I felt like it kind of it helps knock that chip off my shoulder, you know, that I have, and I think a lot of people have with the the Blade line of helis. It's just a great interview. Well, there's actually one, I guess, kind of concept about that whole thing that I guess maybe I kind of knew, but hadn't really put a lot of, uh, I guess, thought into. The simple matter of the fact is when they do this, the customer service is there. I mean, you, you try to call Mr. A with your stripped out main gear or your burnt up ESC and see what happens. Yep. Nothing. He's not going to respond. These guys are tapped in to all the local hobby shops. And yeah, I mean, Horizon is incredible. Their customer service is yeah. absolutely fantastic. And then what, I mean, what better... What better company to actually have the resources yeah. to make something happen? I mean, these guys know what's up before they, you know, it's not like they have to learn the process when they want to make something new. And as I did say in the interview, I'm really excited. The local hobby shop guy is going to be getting a 700X Pro Series to build. And guess who gets to help him do that? Dude, see that? Well, I don't understand this. How do you live in Montana and you get to see one first? Dude, uh, you know what? I just, I've energized my community, man. <laughs> is, that a good, is that a good answer? I don't know. Look. No, hey, I think it is true. You've been, you, you're a mover and a shaker over there. I've been very active on a community level here locally to get this hobby growing. And I'm starting to see the the benefits of that and it's going to start you know look if you can get the local hobby shop owner stoked about real we all know my feelings on small helis don't need to rehash that but if i can get the local hobby shop guy interested in flying a 700 sized electric helicopter dude that's that is that's like the nexus i mean i mean that's like the it's like the beginning because now it he's going to, oh man, it's perfect. So it could really, and, and I mean, man, we touched on this, but it has the power and the potential to change, I think, to change the hobby, kind of, you know, dig up that past relationship that a lot of people had with their local hobby shops that all went to crap. I, I'm certainly not trying to uh, push anything or, or suggest or promote anything, but look, if you do have a local hobby shop, go down there and and tell them about this. Maybe you can get your area energized and excited. Because, look, the goal is here, it doesn't really matter what helis they're flying. If people in your area are flying, you now have people to fly with. Yeah. Yep. So if, if they, if they want to fly a blade, by all means, and you have nothing to do with it, that doesn't matter. Go down and make sure your local hobby shop knows about this. Because some of them... They're just their cars. They're they're, you know, MCPXs. They're role, you know, those real life role playing games and shit like that. You know. Yeah, I think the best comment that I took away from that was him saying, you know, don't judge it until you can pick it up and touch it yourself. Yeah. You know, don't judge it by the name. Just give it a chance to take a look at it first, and once you look at it in person then that you know the quality speaks for itself absolutely and yep. 
I will tell you guys that uh, when and if and when this happens, I should find out on the uh, on the third when we do our first clinic. And I talked to Kurt, the local hobby shop guy here, about it. If that's happening, trust me, RCHN will be posting a ton of pictures, and I'll try to relay to you guys as best I can what I think about this helicopter, and and maybe try to get some flight videos. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. Sweet, yeah. dude. Awesome. Yeah, sounds awesome. We've had a few listeners kind of request that we talk about a, you know, fun flies and and preparing for fun flies. We know we're well into the season. However, the big one's coming up, and there's a lot of guys out there that are first year, and of course, we here at RCHN aren't going, but Urch is coming up, and we're not at all butthurt about that. The fact that we're not going, are we, Nick? <laughs> Are, are you not at all? <laughs> you commenting on my weekly post, <laughs> bitch moan that I'm not going to Urcha? Yeah, the I'm the last not. the last group text we got concerning Urcha from Nick, I believe, implicated a bank robbery. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or you know whatever. Oh, dude, I forgot all about that one. <laughs> so we've kind of talked about fun fly etiquette. And we've talked about not leaving your radio at home. Right, Nick? Yes. Yes, we've talked about that. <laughs> but we're going to kind of break that down to an even more basic and not necessarily heli-related stuff, but but fun fly stuff. The first and most important thing that you should always have in abundance is beer. Make sure you bring the beer. Don't bring enough for just yourself. That's 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 uh, douchebaggery. Not good etiquette. That's not good fun fly etiquette. Yeah, you have to have at least a minimum of a twelve pack. At least because per day. you're going to have a thirsty neighbor. The helis are going to go down. They're not going to be flying. You know, you're going to sit back and you're going to want to watch some of the more advanced guys fly in the evening or that that beautiful time of day that Nick often describes when the sun is setting. Golden. The hour, wind baby. is calm and. You know, it's time to relax, crap, o- crap, open. crap, <laughs> <laughs> crack open a cold one and watch the guys fly. It is truly, uh, and if you don't prefer adult beverages, water, you got to hydrate. On a more serious note, you know, the things that you should be bringing to a fun fly, let's talk about that. When you're getting ready and you're starting to pack, what is your process? What, do you have like a checklist? Are there things other than your typical obvious things, your helis and your radios? <laughs> what are you looking to bring? I'm gonna keep doing. I'm gonna keep bringing it up. <laughs> I, are we gonna be able to get past this or no? I, Master of I, subtlety too. I really don't think. I think it'll have to be brought up one once or twice more. But seriously, what do you what do you uh, what do you bring into a fun fly? Um, well, I've got a little bit of an advantage, and this isn't going to help the people that have never gone to one. But for me, I, I, I have now a system. I have a setup that I like to bring, and so I just kind of picture it all in my mind and go from corner to corner to corner. I mean, number one on the list, you got to bring a pop up tent. If you do not have a ten by ten pop up, it, it's just not going to happen because or find everything. A yeah, yeah, find a friend that has one and, and mooch on that. And then make sure and push your crap on half of his table. Too. I was going to say, make yeah, sure to bring your table. Make sure you bring your own table. 
Yeah, yes. No, we'll we'll get there. But no, the ev- everything revolves around that pop up tent. I mean, you can get out of the rain. You can base. get out of the the sun. It, it's just it's like your home base. You need that home base to get away from. And there have been many oh fun flies that we have been you know six seven people crammed under there in some chairs, waiting through the the rain burst. You know, laughing and joking, and it it just I don't know provides a home base. Second is the table. You got to bring something to put underneath it to work on. You know, stretch your stuff out. Be courteous. Bring your own freaking table. <laughs> Do not mooch someone else's table space. Well, That's- and that goes for you even if you did bring your own table. Because that, ha- I mean, Nick, if, if you guys can't tell, there's a little bit of an inside yeah. joke here. Um, this really makes him mad. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> this will just uh, do it. And actually, Nick is like a table whore magnet. Yeah. Um, he could put like <laughs> five tables out, right? Five tables and choose one table that's off in the corner where no one's going to bother him. He gets his heli set up. He goes off to, you know, the Porta John comes back and like there's someone <laughs> all up on his shit. Yeah. Like all other <laughs> the time. other four tables are empty. But that fifth table that Nick chose, it's just packed. <laughs> Every time. It is. So make sure you have enough table space. Uh you know, obviously a chair to sit down. I've actually kind of, I've switched to a, I've been messing around with a folding chair, like an actual metal frame folding chair rather than the, you know, flip open camping style ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Mostly because yeah. it's, those camping style ones are awesome for sitting and watching and relaxing, but they're actually kind of hard to work out of. Um, like if you want to scoot up yeah. to a table. Too low. Yeah, they're too low, and they're all no kind of got the gangster lean, and I, I don't know. So I've been messing around with that. Uh, the the one that is really big for me, and it, it depends on the fun fly. If they're going to have night flying, you know, most of us are kind of at the point now where either A, it, it's generator, right? Everyone's pretty much got their own generator. If you don't, you're flying, you're, you're traveling with someone that has a generator. Lights. I don't know how many times I've seen people that just completely forgot about that. Like, they're all flying during the day. Everything's happy. Nighttime comes around. Sunsets. They walk back. They're trying to find stuff. They got a little headlamp flashlight on, you know, looking around for all their stuff or trying to work on their heli under a lantern. No, dude. Go down. Get the LED rope lights. Yep. They're the greatest thing. Those things get are enough to go sweet. Yeah, because they don't draw hardly anything. They really keep the drawdown off on the generator, so you can still charge your packs if you're going to night fly. They'll last forever. Yeah, absolutely. They last forever, and they really do. Like it's like it keeps it going, and it, and it. If you want to have fun and chit chat and BS, put up your lights. It's like mood lighting. It, it is kind of. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's like it. It stretches the fun fly out. Yep. It doesn't make it feel like it has to end. Yep. And those are. I would say the lights are like my big one. I mean, they, they're a really big deal to me. They're they're just automatic. Yeah. Past that, um, you know, I think depending on if you're doing a, a camping fun fly or a one day, this is actually Snohomish, or the KDE fun fly was my first, this is my first one day fun fly. You know that? Huh. 
Isn't that weird? It is weird. That I have not taken my trailer. So I, I was kind of new to that whole thing. And I uh, was actually just about finished packing up. And I went, wait a minute. I'm going to be out at the field. I'm not the kind of person where I like to leave. Some people are like to grab four or five guys and then go out to dinner, right? They'll go drive. I've five, noticed that. I've away. noticed that about you. I do not like you, to leave. I don't think I've ever seen you leave a fun fly. No, never. Because, dude, I'm. <laughs> this is sacred time. This is Nick time. No one messes with Nick time. <laughs> Nick doesn't even want to eat if it gets in the way of Nick time. <laughs> and so I kind of went, whoa, hey, wait a minute. I have to actually feed myself throughout the entire day. Not just pack a lunch, but if I'm going to be there till 2 o'clock in the morning, we're going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. So don't forget about that. And, and you can always bring the food home, but you don't want to be out there and have to leave and miss something, in my, in my opinion. Past that, it's just it's normal tools. I find that you actually do want to think a little bit ahead and throw in some tools that maybe are not quite just normal. And, and I guess what I mean by that is don't think that you can get away by going to a fun fly with a set of hex drivers and that's it. I mean, you don't want to be that guy. And you, you all know what I'm talking about. That guy that literally sort of like walks around the fun fly and says, hey, dude. You got one of these? Hey, dude, you got any fuel tube? Hey, dude, you got any battery connectors? You know, once or twice, it's not that big of a deal, and everyone's usually willing to help. But come prepared, guys, you know? I don't think it's bad if you if you forget something like that, but kind of try and, like, do, do your best. You know, that way you can kind of help contribute. There's there's yeah. always something that oh, even yeah. Nick, and it's the joke, Jesse freaking makes pop-off comments about it all the time oh i don't have to worry i know nick will bring it because he brings yeah. everything <laughs> no 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 I, I i agree it's not bad if you've got a couple of things ever so often but you know it's what cool i'm talking when everybody about, contributes it, yeah it's it really is, cool and and there have been people that we've run into where it's literally like dude do you have this can i borrow this do you have this do you have this do you have that and it's like whoa okay did, did you know you were coming to a fun fly or were you just sort of like driving by and you happened to have your heli in the car? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Yeah. It's just, no, it's Justin in a bad mood tonight. So don't ask, <laughs> don't ask Justin to borrow anything. Yeah. I think is what we're all getting from this. <laughs> yeah. No, and actually I'm, I'm the first person to offer up the tools that I've got or if I've got zip ties or whatever it is, all I'm saying is, Come to the fun fly prepared. Look at the helis you're bringing. Bring, uh, you know, an appropriate number of parts. If it's like, like Nick said, if it's a camping fun fly where you're going to be there for the entire weekend, bring crash parts because inevitably it will happen. Maybe not this fun fly, but the next one. Make sure you're stocked there so that you can recover from a reasonable crash, not a rekit, obviously. And bring the tools that you know you're going to need if you do have to work on the helis. Yeah, and there's one other cool thing about being prepared like that. Because um, one of the most gratifying feelings, and I know you guys have all experienced this, is when you you do have a lot of stuff with you and you, you have thought this out. It is so cool to make somebody's day by just happening to have that oddball whatever part 
connector, you know, and to be yep. able to let, to help somebody get into the air, it, it's just, it is, it's, that is one of the cool things about the fun fly experience. Absolutely. I um, agree. No, that, well, Cause totally we know what it's like. Yeah. We know what it's like when you, when someone has that, I mean, you're, you're like, Oh, are you, are you serious? You, you, you really have one of those, man? Oh, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. What? And it, it can be like simple stuff, too. Like for me at Brooks, it was something, I mean, it was sandpaper. Yeah. I didn't have sandpaper, and I had to do the walk and start asking. And, you know, someone had sandpaper, and man, it helped out a ton. Literally, you know, I got my heli back in there for one more flight. <laughs> yeah. <it's- laughs> It is, but, but, you know, back to kind of what Justin was saying, I mean, it's nice to not have to go asking, but it's also very nice when someone does come to you uh, and just happens to say, oh man, by chance, do you have and whatever, and you happen to have it. That's pretty cool. And I'm not discouraging asking. I'm discouraging taking advantage. But, and, and, and the more people that come prepared, the better chance are everybody's going to be able to continue to fly. Absolutely, exactly. Dan. Yeah. Yep. Um, one one tool that I I know Nick brings with him, and I bring with me as well, and I've had to use it is um, if you can bring a hobby vice. Yeah. Because that can really come in handy. Yeah. Uh, if you have room to fit one in there, and that's one of those tools that you know, if you happen to have one, you might be being asked to use it because you know I, I'm sure a lot of people bring those, but there are quite a few people who don't. That's a that's a fantastic thing to have because when you need a vice my god is it nice to have a vice blow torch yeah i've i just re- and a torch yeah the my i bet you the a freaking micro torch is probably like the number one passed around thing that and a soldering iron at yep, a fun yep. fly yep yeah and if you can get a micro torch that also acts as a soldering iron then that's even better two for Man, one i i, I unless it does like both them. functions kind of halfway yeah. No, dude, the one that I've got does both <laughs> functions awesomely. Yeah, so he, must... he actually did. He soldered up uh, some audio cables at, uh, I believe it was at Othello. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. at Othello. Yeah. Nice. One thing to consider, and is definitely more of a luxury, and it kind of comes back to that uh, not wanting the fun fly to end on a Saturday or a Friday night, uh, and Nick brings one, a fire pit. But, you know... You you can't just bring that. You really need to do some checking. Uh, some places you can't have that. And the kind of fire pit we're talking about is the kind that actually keeps the fire up and off the ground, right? So it's like a big mm-hmm. metal uh, walk, essentially. Elevated one. And, yeah, it is. It's a yeah. walk with legs. <laughs> and and see that those types of things. Uh, if you can have room for one in your, uh, however you're getting to the fun fly. That really helps bring everybody together because when you when you can fire up the you know you throw some wood on that thing and light it up, it's it's like it's like you know moss to the to the light, and the next thing you know everybody's just sitting around the fire till the wee hours of the morning, and uh, man is it a lot of fun, definitely yep. a luxury uh, you know and do some checking because I know at our fun fly we couldn't have those, no open flames but here's what I did find out I don't know if you guys. In lieu of the open flame, actual fire type with real flame, you can get those propane burners. 
And we could have used those at our fun fly. Though, that oh, you, I did not know that. Yeah, I found that out after on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon when we were getting ready to leave. See, I might actually look into one of those. Although, man, I don't know. I don't know what's worse. Like, I, you know, on the front of my trailer, I've got two seven-gallon propane tanks. So that would be ultimate sickness yeah, just to plug be able right to roll. In. Yeah, roll out a big long hose. Yep. Plug in a fire pit and not have to haul firewood. Yeah, mm-hmm. or mess with that. Yeah, but then, I mean, then you're yeah, you're gonna at least need like a twenty five foot long propane hose. Yeah, so I don't know. You gotta have it. You do because otherwise you just oh, all dude. get butt cold and shiver, and everyone goes to bed early. But the best of the the drinking stories and the laughs come sitting in front of the fire. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of drinking stories, when you have a fire, you need drinks that can be passed around. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Definitely. I'm I'm serious. Not hot apple pie. Leave it alone. It's not. It's not worth. Just no. Don't do (laughs) it. Just rum, whiskey, whatever you know, tequila. I get great entertainment. Oh, it's okay. I'm sorry. You're right. Absolutely. I, I agree. I encourage you guys to experiment with that stuff Once. because I've been there and my lesson <laughs> has been learned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you bring enough wood too, guys. When you bring those fire pits, especially if it's a weekend show or a weekend fun fly, it's it's going to be burning for longer than you think, especially when alcohol is involved. Yeah. those. So bring enough wood. You're looking and at someone that three. knows how to use a camping axe to actually chop it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Because those, those, you know, the fire gets going. I mean, you're going to be up way later than you ever planned. Trust me on that one. It, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, other things to consider, definitely, uh, you know, you got to consider. Sometimes you have to do some traveling. And... Um, in our cases, especially quite some distance, and the climate might be quite a bit different than what you're maybe used to. And I know I can I can attest to this, especially at our fun fly. I got to tell you guys, the first few nights were cold. It was cold oh, as oh, hell. Dude. It was yeah. And I was that not happened prepared. to us last weekend. Did it get cold? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Man, we were all it's huddled been like next to that fire. hot. It's been hot here. I actually, I actually, when I went to Jesse's house and we loaded stuff up, he was like, "Oh, you bringing pants?" I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I don't even bring pants to a fun fly. <laughs> yeah. Not needed. <laughs> nothing sucks. Nothing sucks worse because I, you know, that at our fun fly, I just man, I was not prepared. I did not bring a heavy coat. Holy shit, did it get cold? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just. I had to go to bed almost to escape it. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, mainly, guys, just it's like a camping trip. You know, just just think of it that way. Uh, Bring enough food, bring enough water, and uh, bring your helis and just prepare to have a good time. Just uh, any extra little thing you can do to make it through the weekend, uh, you know, it's always fun to do if you're so inclined to do like a big, like we did chili at our fun fly and man, did it turn out well. Oh, that was great. That was awesome. And the idea behind that guys is it, it's just another reason to, Oh, you help yourself to the chili, man. It's like, it's bringing 
you know, your little community at this little fun fly together. And uh, any reason that you can create to encourage people to, you know, socialize, whether it's over a bowl of chili or a bottle of whiskey, that's that's a mission accomplished. You know. Well, maybe that's maybe that's something that you know we should kind of bring up. Don't be afraid to kind of like almost carpool stuff with people. You know, talk talk to other people that are going. Be like, hey, you know, what are you guys going to do? I was thinking if we did this, because, I mean, you could, you know, one guy could be like, dude, well, I've, yeah, sure, I'll bring my barbecue. I've got a good barbecue to bring. Another mm-hmm. guy will be like, okay, I'll be in charge of, like, everything to put the food in. You know, if we're going to do plates yeah. or, or pot for cooking chili or, or stick, you know, whatever. And the other guy can be, okay, I'll bring the actual food itself. Because that is like, man, that is the coolest thing when everybody pulls together. Because not only, A, does it make it a lot easier on you as an individual on what you have to bring and remember, but it does really build that camaraderie. And that's part of what makes Fun Fly so awesome. Yep. And, you know, along those very same lines, and we see this, I, I you know, I did this. I remember my first few Fun Flies. I really kind of kept to myself and, and that, and I know it's, it's real easy for the, for those of us who have been to a number of fun flies to say, don't do that, but I got to encourage you to try to do that. Now, speaking more to you guys that go to a lot of fun flies, if you see that guy who is kind of off by himself or, you know, go over there and make an attempt. I mean, maybe that's their thing and maybe they just want to hang out by themselves. But, you know, if you go over and make an attempt to start up a conversation, invite them down to your area, you know, hey, let's uh, grab your heli. Let's go. I'll go out with you and we'll go get a flight, you know, because it's about flying. It's about helicopters. But the reason we go to Fun Flies is to commune with kindred spirits, you know, and have fun because everybody that's there loves RC helicopters. I mean, you don't have to guess if your neighbor's into RC helicopters, that's why he's there. So you automatically have something in common with everybody that is at that fun fly. So use that to your advantage. I mean, that's that's one of the hardest things, I think, for, for newer guys going to the fun fly. And we've talked about the flying. Uh, I, that's a tough one. I know we get it, and I understand it personally. You know, when you're first going to a fun fly, man, it's tough. It's tough to get up the courage because you're used to flying by yourself or maybe with one or two other guys. And now you're on a flight line and there, and, and there's so there's, you know, 30 people behind you, not necessarily watching you or are right behind you, but nonetheless, you know that there's people behind you and it's a little, it's intimidating. It can be intimidating, but you know what? No one's there to judge you. I mean, you're not in a competition. You're there to fly. So take advantage of that. And, Another thing, too, for you new guys, learning is you can learn so much at a fun fly. Just by standing there and watching the person fly or talking to them, seriously. Yeah, most people love to talk about their helis. Absolutely. Don't, don't let them kid you. And, you know, walking up and down the line, you see somebody working on a helicopter. I don't know. I don't mind having a conversation while I'm wrenching. I don't know about you guys and and. That's a great way to learn if someone's working on something that you've never worked on or maybe something you're struggling with. 
mm-hmm. might pick up something. Yeah. People are generally very willing to give you their knowledge at a fun fly. And uh, it's a fantastic way to pick up tricks. It's a fantastic way to figure out how people are hauling their helis. It's a fantastic way to, to check out a generator you've been thinking about. I mean, it's just, it's a showcase of all the different things that maybe you've considered the radio you're thinking about getting the hell you're thinking about, you know, man, you know, just go out there and the fun fly will only be what you make it. Nobody, nobody's at the fun fly to make it fun for you. They want you to join in with the fun, but if you don't participate, well, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. Have fun with the fun flies. And for those of you lucky bastards that are going to Urcha, first of all, kiss my ass. Yes, mine too. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, get a flight in for us while you're there. When you're in the air saying, this one's for RC Heli Nation. But just don't crash if you're going to do that. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You don't care. It doesn't matter. As long as you're screaming my name one way or the other. It's the thought that counts. Absolutely. I have to admit that now that I've had my goblin for a couple months, it's really kind of starting to grow on me, with the exception of one thing, loading the batteries. The guys at KDE, they addressed this issue. They made a removable battery tray. If you've got a goblin, this is your number one must-have upgrade. That sounds good, Nick. And if you're interested in any of the other upgrades that KDE has, visit their webpage at www.kdedirect.com. Well, guys, uh, I think we're about wrapping this one up. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? I would say the best bet would be to send me an email to nick at rchelynation.com. Justin, if I wanted to get in touch with you. You could send me an email at justin at rchelynation.com. And Jesse, if I wanted to get in touch with you. Shoot me an email at jesse at rchelynation.com. I am Dan. You can reach me at Dan K. Reed on our forums. And you can also send me an email at dan at rchelynation.com. I would like to invite you guys. Uh, oh, by the way, the winner, 2000th like. Oh, yes. You need to send right. us an email, right. dude. No, I got it. Oh, you do have it. Yep, I do got it. I've just sorry, I've been busy the last couple of days. I will. It was uh, Nick Rollins. Yes. So congratulations to him. Uh, we're gonna hook him up. I think we're gonna do a custom RC Heli Nation hat for him. Yep, and then get him a T-shirt out as well. Sweet. So thanks Sweet. again, everyone, for all your support. And uh, yeah, I've got his information here and we'll get that out to you bud also two guys i would invite you to get in touch with us if there's somebody in particular you would like to hear on the show maybe there's a pro out there or a random person that you would just like to hear from uh, somebody involved in the hobby preferably uh, unless it's a porn star i'd gladly interview one of those if you happen to to know any in person Dan's gonna have to turn the video on for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know if I'd really uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure I want to see that video. Come on, guys. Well, now that we know you'd record without wearing pants, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that really did change that one everything. Just 
Well, guys, this has been episode 95. We're getting close to the 100 mark. My God, we're getting old. We're going to be a century old here pretty soon. Is that how you say that? That's how I'm going to say it. That's the yeah. new standard. That's, that's it. <laughs> Perfect. What's up? <laughs> we sure hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We will see you next Monday. Get out there and stir your sticks around. Take it easy, guys. guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you in part by Heli Pros, KDE Direct, Progressive RC, and Jen's Ace Batteries. We thank you for listening, and if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Is there? Yes, Justin. Yep. Yeah. God damn it. I'm sorry. This computer can just lick my. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's going to be a beep there. Beep. <laughs> Are you recording? Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> uh. Uh. <laughs>